0: And Welcome into episode 24. Uh, Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Um, Like, share, subscribe, download, all the fun things. Share it out to your friends, your family. Really appreciate it. Sub to the Patreon. And then, so I got my buddy Matt here. Um, We met a couple of years ago. Also another bourbon buddy. Uh, I actually think all these guys have fun stories to share, so we just chat about them all the time <laughs> so thanks for being here matt
1: thank you cameron i appreciate it uh but remember we're not uh we're not bourbon friends anymore we're real friends now. oh yeah
0: yeah yeah we're actual friends right
1: like, we started at bourbon but we're, yeah. we're, we're we're real friends and i don't want to correct you but it's uh it's a few years now you always have to add like two years because of the, the yeah. pandemic or something like right
0: that. oh yeah there there has been four years or so yeah that's now. somewhere around there yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean without the pandemic i wouldn't know yeah exactly or i would know with you would know exactly the, with the pandemic i have no fucking clue you'd know to the <laughs> minute
1: how long we'd been friends if you were uh, exactly. if you if without the pandemic yeah, yeah that's I'm, completely I'm keeping through, track you know. of every friend <clears throat> absolutely i have a watch for each person it tells me how long <laughs> i've known that just a timer constantly runs
0: exactly yeah. i've got it i've got it in my notes like when i can cut someone like this is the right time I can get rid of you as a friend and I don't feel bad.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you've had enough time. Yeah. For me, I usually cut friends right around the time that they start having kids and inviting me to their baptisms. Because I really <laughs> don't want to go to those at all. So I just, you know, it's just like, oh.
0: Oh, now we're not friends. <sighs> okay,
1: thank you for that. So we need to, speaking of, uh, you know, listen to a few of your podcasts, love it. And glad, thank you for having me on. Um, we yeah, need to course. get you like some uh, some swanky intro music. You know, to kind of play in the background, like as you're doing your opening spiel, and then like as like an extra at the end there okay i don't know we just need someone with like a like a bass to do like a sweet little, little riff or something bass. yeah 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 okay. you know just something to kind of get the easy you know this is cameron schatz and you are here listening to fatal to prejudice uh just really
0: setting the mood
1: absolutely yeah okay I, I want people to know you know this you got you have the right setup for a podcast because you uh you don't do the, the video i don't like it when people do the videos as part of the podcast it's yeah. supposed to be like the the radio show thing um but people need to kind of to set the mood in case people don't know what it's like in here. Um, we're both wearing smoking jackets. Um, <laughs> everything is mahogany uh, except for the floor, which is all velvet. And uh, you know, we're just sitting here. I've got a pipe, and uh, we're having a drink, and it's a you know just a really classy kind of a vibe. Um, so I think some some sweet intro and extra music will really yeah. help people and, know and what we're doing.
0: And these glasses are hand blown sapphire. Like crystal, like they're swanky, now. and all,
1: and all the drinks are poured out of a glass chalice, like so. The they're they're in that, and then we put them into the sapphire glass, the yeah. hand blown uh, drinking glasses and, that can't described.
0: Someone is actually here standing and serving us. By yeah. the way, they're just completely silent.
1: Right, they're not allowed to speak. They don't have a microphone. They're not yeah. allowed to speak. Nobody. They
0: no. they don't even have a voice box. Actually,
1: no. Nobody cares about their biases or anything that they've seen in their life. So <laughs> we don't we don't we don't have them on yes thank you appreciate that
0: <laughs> no a- a- another please um <laughs> totally totally kidding <laughs> yes that
1: that the last part everything else is true the last yeah. part we're, we're we're making up
0: right right well, yeah i i think the uh the idea of the the music has crossed my mind um Man. it did when i when i started but i actually had no idea what to do with it like you know what type of beat or music do I want? Do I want you know like smooth jazz or some sort of rock or like an EDM type of thing or whatever? I like,
1: think you want something kind of hard, um, but like like gripping, kind of like like a headline news or like a like a like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for like. a – Uh, like a jail door slamming or something because we're trying to like break down prejudice here and it's a very like you know top it's a very hard topic so I don't think you want to be like coming in all like hey how's it going and swanky I think you want something like this is fatal to prejudice and just you know like like that I I don't want
0: some fucking late night TV show music
1: right Right. This is this is gripping stuff. This is hard hitting journalism type of yeah. thing. So you want you want that tone kind of set here with that. So. I
0: like it. Yeah. I like it.
1: So we'll work on that. Let's uh, let's talk to the station manager about that and see if we can't get you. Yeah. Something I'm
0: gonna there. I'm gonna talk to the sound guy too. He yeah. can he can probably whip something up here yeah. in like ten seconds after he hears this. So.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. So that'll that'll be better. So let's maybe we'll edit that in and post and then that'll this will be one of the first ones. We're starting at episode yeah. twenty five.
0: Right, or or you can edit it in on this episode, and as we're talking about it, and people are hear it already in the beginning of the episode, and like, they're like,
1: "What the hell what are the, these two yeah. idiots talking about?" <laughs> absolutely, they're like, "What the fuck? Like this is absolutely yeah. these ridiculous, morons." Yeah, it's already there. Yeah. So yeah. okay, so we're good. And also, uh, you know, I I'm a little upset because uh, I know that you just did a couple podcasts with with our, our boy Derek. Yeah. And um and he's a uh, he knows way more people than I do. So in terms of like bringing me in for a ratings boost, like it's going to be a very steep drop after, after Derek, like the Derenberg effect is, is very, you know, that's a stark increase in terms of viewership. You put one out for me. um, I don't know, maybe like six people are going to listen to it. So I apologize (laughs) in advance for the ratings on this one.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's like having like an A-list celebrity in here. And then it's like, Oh, here's, my best friend joe from high school yeah
1: i'm the the calm after the storm it feels like like this is the antebellum so to speak we're just kind of right after the fact like okay who can we find all the good people canceled let's bring this guy in
0: here so no no i actually i actually don't want anyone to ever feel that way (laughs) um i enjoy having you know all my friends in here whoever wants to come in come in uh, if it fits your schedule perfect if not let's figure out a different right. time um also it's it's hard to actually like reach out and say hey i want you to come in and do this podcast like it's hard for I, you
1: it, it's hard for me to be like hey i have uh, people should want to know what i have to say i yeah, want to do your show right. like you know what i mean so it's like a really weird situation where it's um who makes the first move you exactly know, who asks whom out in this particular situation right. do i demand to be on your podcast or do you start trying to wrangle up all your friends to be on your podcast i don't right. know i don't know the answer there
0: yeah and like i've kind of thrown it out there as just like an open invite yeah. um you know as all my friends like hey i want you to come in and be on the podcast but it's like i have to ask individually Man. on top of that and so yeah it's it's hard to be like reaching out to people all the time and saying, "Hey, I want you to come in and here and do this." Like I I want to have people I don't know come in here yeah. and be like telling their stories of everything they've went through. And so, I mean, I can't just reach out to <laughs> Joe on the street. You you could, but it'd be, you know, I,
1: I suggest a, a Craigslist ad or a Facebook marketplace ad just like looking for people to come to the uh, secret room in my house to talk on a podcast about your life and then maybe yeah. afterwards say something like, you know, you won't die or nothing sexual or anything like that. You just won't so die,
0: they nothing sexual, no drugs. Right. Um, you might get hurt right but that but like you'd probably trip on a step like right that's, that's the kind of injury that yeah.
1: you, you could potentially see you know fully insured you know that kind <laughs> of thing but yeah I, I don't know how you get random people in here um and i'd also be a little concerned about the type of people that might uh might want to take you up on that offer right
0: it's like uh hold on you are way too excited about this and i have <laughs> no clue who you are right
1: We we better meet at a Starbucks first and do like a pre interview to make sure that like when I when you come to my home I have a laptop and some TVs and some stuff I expect to have all of it when you when you leave exactly so I have
0: things in my house that I want to remain in my house the whole time yep (laughs) (laughs) oh. And if anyone's listening, and uh, yeah, that's that's the type of relationship that uh, we have already. <laughs> just the, I don't know, the dumb things that we can come up with. Yeah, so,
1: so uh, around our friend group, uh, Cameron and I are actually known as the Drunkles, which if you can't tell is a portmanteau for drunk uncles. Um, you know, we got some friends with kids. We don't have any kids, so we're yeah. just kind of these two... Uh, like the grumpy Muppets that sit around and just kind of tell jokes and poke fun and come up with all the smart-alecky comments. And so, uh, uh, you know, really happy to be a drunk. This is just what we do pretty much anywhere we are.
0: Yeah, it's it's like um, if you grew up early 90s and earlier – you probably saw the movie grumpy old men it's like having those guys in your life all the time yeah,
1: like grumpy middle-aged or grumpy grumpy early late 20 early 30 year old men is yeah we're not the, that old we're not old enough <laughs> yet to but someday we will be the grumpy someday old we'll,
0: men we'll be yep. the grumpy old men
1: do you think you'd be jack lemon or walter Matthau in that situation which uh, i don't know yeah. See, that's hard. I think we have pieces of both. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that one we're or just, the other, I don't want to claim one or the other. I think right. they're both dead. So like, I'm not really interested in being like, I'd be the dead one. So, <laughs> um, you know, again, that's cause they were old and were are not, right. uh, but, uh, but yeah. And, uh, I'm sure that uh, at this point, a lot of people are saying, man, is this just what they're going to do for two hours? And I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. It just does not know.
0: Who knows? I mean it could be entertaining for others. Who knows? But whatever. Yeah. It's entertaining to me.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's the key, right? It's like I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Like anyone else you can turn it off. Like I'll I'll just keep I'll play it on loop. For every time you turn it off, I'll play it on loop three more times to get the ratings up. So. Perfect.
0: Thanks for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anything to help you monetize this man.
0: Love it. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate the support. Um, but actually. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about anything of substance today right yeah. uh
0: this actually this is it all 11 minutes cut done yeah. yep that's it
1: <laughs> just that that'd be the mystery and intrigue though it would be like we better have that guy back on like who the
0: fuck is that man? Yeah, we don't guy? we
1: don't know anything about him <laughs> he would he doesn't know whether he'd be walter matha or jack lemon that's the only thing we know <laughs> about this guy
0: and him and Cameron say some dumb shit around yes. their friends. That's that's all we know.
1: That's it. That's it. We don't know anything else.
0: And it's literally like the same facts, right? It's the same section of facts yeah.
1: every time. Yep.
0: Um but yeah, do you want to you want to jump into it?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know um do I just start rambling about my life or do you want to ask some probing questions to to get um, the you know like I could you know, I grew up on the mean streets of Barberton, Ohio. You know, I can do that Ooh, kind of Barb- thing Barberton, Ohio, yeah, I yeah. like to it so I, for those of you that don't know where Barberton, Ohio is or don't have a map, um it's in the northeastern <laughs> part of the state. It's around Akron. I like to I like to call myself the pride of Barberton, Ohio, but I'm the only one that thinks that. <laughs> um, i I'm assuming most people there either don't remember me or or don't care that I ever lived there. um, but, uh, You know, it was a, it was a, it was one of those towns that used to have like a lot of factory work. You know, my dad was a factory worker, but we were there in the late eighties, early nineties. And that's when stuff started getting shut down. So, uh, you know, a lot of displaced blue collar folk that are, we're transitioning, um, into, we'll start with joblessness. And then, then from there, kind of just trying to figure out what they could do, you know, um, And so that was always kind of difficult. Uh, You know, like I said, dad worked in a factory until I was like nine. And then he just did, uh, he was a janitor for a while at schools. And then he uh, was a handyman, you know, just doing like work for people and like doing landscape work, things like that. Uh, Mom was a, was a waitress at a restaurant. And then uh, she was, she was never expecting to be the breadwinner. You know what I mean? Like she was always kind of expecting to just be like the supplemental income um, but she kind of had to be the breadwinner at times when my dad was in between, you know, work and stuff like that, which was always kind of difficult. Uh, two siblings. I'm the oldest. Uh, you know, my, my brother is uh, the youngest child. My sister's the middle. So luckily, we always had that setup up where I was the oldest and I was a boy. My sister was the only girl. So even though she was the middle child, she never kind of got left out. Then my brother was the baby. So he was always well uh, taken care of. So we all kind of had our niche in the family, which was cool. Um, but, uh, you know, three kids and, and like one and a half incomes for a while there. It was it was difficult. Uh, yeah. You know, we were not a we were not a rich family. I didn't realize at the time that we were poor. Like I didn't know because um, when you're a kid, you're just like, yay, you know, like. You, you have
0: know, no real concept of the world or, or anything or, that's going on. Or money. you know
1: what I mean? Like I, I needed jeans and I had jeans and like, I didn't realize where they were from or that they were the wrong. Luckily the kids at school could tell me that they weren't the right brand. Like leave it to the other kids to say that those aren't Levi's, but, um, you know, (laughs) but yeah, you know, so it was, um, it was always interesting. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, looking back, you're like, Oh, not everybody's. Uh, not everybody grew up where like the electric would get shut off at their house because the bill wasn't paid. Like that was that would happen. To, that happened to me a few times, and like wow. it's just not something that. It's just thought that was what happened to people from yeah. time to time. Um. So yeah, that was always that was always interesting. But but you know, like I said, my mom in particular, she did the best she could with the situation. But it just I think that, that's the the time right. That's the time you have stuff shut down, and if you're in the wrong career at that point, then things just kind of dry up and uh what do you do from there so but you know I uh I went to uh like I went to Barberton high school um it is uh the Barberton magics purple and white are their colors um they're very proud of those colors and they were very proud of that team name uh little trivia for those of you listening the Barberton (laughs) is they were the magics because Barberton was called the magic city because in like the late 1800s the city like doubled in population and people remarked that it was almost like magic how fast the city grew literally and they've held on to it ever since as that is the the name of the town that's the town slogan the magic city just because in the 1800s something happened
0: wow that is i don't want to take it away from them no. but ridiculous it is
1: well well if you like ridiculous and and i know that you a lot of your view your listeners are going to be like Man, is he just going to sit and tell Barberton trivia it's like <laughs> Not just, but for a second, I will. Barberton <laughs> is named after its founder, and his name was, and you cannot make this up, his name was O.C. Barber, which is Ohio Columbus Barber. <laughs> and that is a real person with a real name. You can look it up. Um, I like to think that his family was not really keen on uh, names, they couldn't come up with anything. So they're like, Well, where do we live? We live in Ohio. Okay, what's the the time it wouldn't have been? What's the capital of Ohio? Columbus. Okay, we'll, we'll just call him Ohio Columbus Barber. That's fine. Like this is this is a, this is a great name for somebody.
0: That's that's just like calling your kid Northwest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is. And you know what? That kid's famous and those that parents are famous and people are like famous. What a clever name. Yeah. But like I'm going to make fun of Ohio Columbus Barber one because he's not here to stop me and two because that is a really ridiculous name.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i never knew that
1: yeah well that would see you know what if nothing else everybody today you learned something you learned that Barberton yep. in northeast ohio was founded by ohio columbus barber and that that is a stupid name <laughs>
0: i love it
1: but i i lived there until i was um lived there until i was 18 uh at which point i went to college and moved down to columbus which is where i Live now and have lived pretty much ever since. Yeah. Um, Like the town here a lot more. A lot more going on in Columbus than there was in in Barberton. For sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go back there every once in a while because my mom still lives there and it – it's Every time I go, it's like I feel like there's less and less for me to do, which is, you know, I'm sure there might be some people I went to high school with that might listen to this podcast and make sure to hit that subscribe button. But, um, you know, they'll probably I'm sorry I'm shitting on the town. It's just it's it's it wasn't I don't think I ever really belonged there. I don't think it was for me. And, um, you know, it's just not I don't know. It's not my speed. I think Columbus is more my speed. To that end, I also don't think New York or Chicago are my speed. I think they're a little too fast for me because I'm, yeah. I'm a Midwesterner through and through.
0: Right. So, and also to your point, I think pretty much everyone shits on their own hometown. I think so too. Unless so. unless
1: you unless you lived in Cincinnati, um, if Cincinnati's your hometown, um, if you, if, I don't know anybody. Again, I'm gonna I'm doing everybody tonight. But if you're from Cincinnati, I've never met someone from Cincinnati who had anything negative to say about Cincinnati. Everything really? in Cincinnati. My experience is from people that live in Cincinnati, everything that happens in Cincinnati is the greatest thing. Like, there could be, like, a goose, like, that just shits, like, on their head. They'd be like, yeah, that's Cincinnati for you. Cincinnati's w- the greatest. Wild times. <laughs> Who's to say what's going to happen in Cincinnati? Um, you know, everyone thinks best beers in Cincinnati, best shows are in Cincinnati, best everything in Cincinnati. They have some cool stuff, but, like, you know, they also have the Reds, so I don't know what to say about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and the Bengals even though they made it to the Super Bowl this I, year.
1: I chose not to mention the Bengals because the because Bengals are that. actually cuz they actually made the Super Bowl. So yeah. that's a quality football team right, right. there. So, you know, yeah, right. they're good. They're a good team.
0: And I mean, Barberton pretty much has the Browns. So like We do yeah.
1: Yeah, um if you're in Barberton, you're you're definitely a Cleveland sports fan, which is what I was and uh so uh, you know the Indians, the Guardians, um, the Cavs, and then the Browns. And for a while, we didn't even have a football team when I was growing up because the right. Browns left. So that was always uh, that was always <laughs> my dad. You know, he was an ardent Cleveland sports fan. And um there's a classic game where where uh, Michael Jordan makes a shot over Craig ELO to go to the NBA Finals. Um, the Cavs are playing the Bulls back in the early '90s, and my dad uh watched that game and he was very, you know, upset about the fact that we lost and I remember sitting at the dinner table and uh it's like a couple of days later and he just wasn't saying anything and it was just like, you know, my mom's like, you know, Phil, what's what's wrong? And he's just like, Fucking Michael Jordan. <laughs> just out of nowhere. That was it. <laughs> this was like two or three days later. Uh, and it was just I don't know. That was. I think that's why I got kind of. I think I got some of my passion there and some of my sports fandom just from the. I could see myself doing that even now, being like three or four days later and still being salty about something <laughs> like that. So.
0: so, so you could be. You were probably sitting there at whatever age you were, and you were just like, "Yeah, Dad, yeah. fucking Michael like, <laughs> Jordan." <short. laughs>
1: yeah, you know, it's funny. I I, I would have been like seven or eight, so I'd have been really young. I would have been, as you said, probably a parrot, though. I I did not actually say it. Uh, I didn't say it, but I remember sitting there and it was, I was probably in that phase where I was like, oh, dad said a swear word, you right. know, like one of those types of things. Um, but yeah, um, you know, now I, I, get it though. As an adult, like looking back, I get it. Like, yeah, I'm fucking Michael Jordan. Absolutely. There there's no shame in it. If you think about how much the Bulls ruled in the nineties? I think every, every dad in America that didn't live in Chicago <laughs> probably had a moment <laughs> were two days after a game, they were sitting at the dinner table quiet, and their wife was like, honey, what's wrong? And they said, fucking Michael Jordan. Uh, the only people that were exempt from that were the people in Illinois. So, <laughs> I get it.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I don't think you're incorrect on that.
1: I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I get it. I get it. He was dominant. And, uh, you know, that's I, – I, here's how I know how dominant Michael Jordan was. And and I don't know why we're talking about Michael Jordan of all things today, but we just <laughs> are because that's just where this is going. Um, you know, think about how great of a basketball player like Shaquille O'Neal or like Hakeem Olajuwon or like any of the other guys from the '90s. I can't still buy their shoes. It's true, but I can still buy Michael Jordan. Mike Michael Jordan's shoes still probably outsell LeBron's shoes, and oh, LeBron yeah. plays, and Michael Jordan is like an owner of a team and um so yeah michael jordan is is, transcends everything so that's why we're still talking about him on some podcast that's run out of columbus ohio is because
0: do you so i actually want to ask it's always a fun topic yeah is it uh who's who's better is james or jordan
1: that's a great question um i think they obviously have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, I mean, so, you know, Jordan's won more rings. Jordan played with better teams. I mean, again, as a Cavs fan, uh, I could name people who played on the Cavs with LeBron James that nobody like you'd have to get on basketball reference to figure out who they are. Um, Michael Jordan's probably better though. I mean, he just, he just, he just is. He was a better defender than James. He didn't take off as many plays as, as, uh, James. It's a more physical era. Um, it's also one thing I will say, though, is the, the game, the biggest thing I think has changed about the game besides the officiating is players, uh, good players tend to like magnetize towards other good players. Um, there's a lot more movement of people. You know, it started with, with the Celtics when Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce all got together and made the big three. And so I, I don't know. If Jordan would have won as many titles, if all the teams back in the '90s would have been like accumulating like superpower teams, yeah. like they do now, but Michael Jordan still would have been the best player in the league during that time period. There's no doubt in my mind because um, I don't know if you're the best scorer and the best defender and the most intense person, um, you're probably gonna be the best. So, um, I think James, you know, LeBron's. I think LeBron's better, probably better passer but I think Jordan's a better scorer and I think Jordan has more ice water in his veins. So I'd say he's probably better overall.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like that actual like thought out argument of it because you know, most people you hear it, it's just oh. one or the other and there's no argument or evidence or anything.
1: Oh, it's visceral for sure. For a lot of people. Um, but you know, uh, I don't know how you're going to title this, but, uh, I'll, I'll tell everybody I'm a lawyer. Um, and so I don't say that proudly or anything like that, but, uh, I, uh, I tend to think things out, you know, I, if I'm going to make an argument, you know, in this case, it's who's better Jordan or. LeBron and all yeah. of your listeners are going to hear it, and in the comments section, they're going to be like, "Fucking Michael Jordan, uh, right. you know, LeBron's way better." Like, I want them at least to understand kind of where I'm coming from, um, which is the point of the podcast, where people understand where I'm coming from. So Absolutely. look at that, um, and so that's that's why I would probably say that. So that's a great question, though. Um, I'm trying to remember where we were on all of this. Um, uh, it's tangents, tangents, and tangents.
0: Yeah, you were you were talking so you mentioned that you moved to columbus but i actually want to backtrack a little bit and like growing up in barberton and like all other other memories of whatever you have that's not just your dad saying fucking michael Michael jordan at dinner one night yeah (laughs) yeah
1: so um yeah so barberton there's uh, like i said it's near akron but there's not a lot to do um you know in in the in the mid 90s uh the the Cleveland Indians were were a hell of a baseball team they went to two world series um yeah. so you know they were they sold out like 455 consecutive games or something like that so what yeah yeah they, had sold, That's out like, crazy. they sold out like it sold out like like from 1994 through like 2001 like all their home games were sold out like really? yeah they were uh, so that was a hot ticket. So they were really hard to go. And so, you know, again, we didn't have a ton of money, but we would try to go, you know, it was like our treat. We would try to go to a game or two a year. Yeah. Um, my brother, my dad and I would go, my mom, my sister, that was like, I was always, the boys are going to the game. The girls are going to the mall. Like my sister yeah. had to go to Claire's. Cause again, we were extremely nineties folk. Um, so that's what we would do. But, um, I remember like going up to, cleveland with my dad and we would like wait in line like not the day of the game we would go and wait in line like months before to get tickets to a game and we were sitting there hours before the ticket office opened with the schedule like okay be great if we could see this team but if we they get sold out by the time we get there we need to go to see this one you know like we're like picking our spots on what games we were trying to go to and it was a madhouse. It was like being on like a trading floor at, uh, at like the stock exchange where you like are at the, there's like eight, they start like 10 ticket windows open and there's the lines just start flooding them. And it's people are going, a lot of scalpers are going and buying like, I need eight tickets was the max you could buy for any game. I need eight tickets to every game. And it was just like, you know, buy, 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 buy.
0: Wow. And so like
1: you had to like hope and we'd be like, we'd like to get, Three tickets in this section for this. Well, that section sold out, but I could do something in this section. This is before like you could buy tickets online. Like you're like talking. Yeah. I'm like standing and talking to the ticket agent. Um, you could have called, but like they never picked up the phone because like I think their policy was they didn't pick up the phone until the line was gone, and the line was
0: never gone. The
1: line the line was going to be gone when when they were out of tickets, and right. so like we would go up and and take the day and try to figure it out. It was always during the, you know, so it was just very, or if there was a rainout, you know, a game got canceled and they're like, we're going to sell tickets to the rainout. Um, they're going to go on sale on Thursday at, you know, noon. Line starts at 8 a.m. We would get up early and go and, and wait in line and, you know, or if I was head school that day, my dad would go by himself and try to get three tickets in an affordable section um, but I always loved, I always loved going to the baseball games. Um, growing up, I was, I was a, a baseball fan and, um, I never played, um, like organized sports, but I'd play like with, with friends and like baseball was the game that I, I wanted to, I wanted to play. Um, and so, uh, you know, just had the baseball card collection, which is coming back now. It's really yeah. funny to, to see people like really into sports cards again, um, um, you would know, go to card shows and just like buy up whatever I could get, like just packs and then
0: all the Indians. Yeah.
1: You know, exactly. Like that's what I was hoping for. Now yeah. I realize I should have been hoping for autographs. I uh, yeah, exactly. should have been hoping for like Jersey cards, <laughs> but I was hoping to get like, Oh, here's an Indian who, here's a guy who played for the Indians in 1990 before I was even really paying attention to the team. And then I would memorize every stat about this guy who played first base for the Indians in 1990 um, and I don't know why I did that, but I just did. Um, it was just, and as a kid, you just wanted to absorb all the information that you could. Right. Um, so, uh, that was, those are some of the good memories. Um, you know, growing up, I was, um, I was always a, uh, a smart kid. I was like in the gifted classes and stuff, which okay. translates into nothing now. Yeah, but, it's uh, nothing
0: now, but when you're, when you're that age, it's.
1: You know, oh yeah, you know, I was like in You're the, the
0: VIP walking the school.
1: I was the, you know, I was in like the good math, like the yeah. advanced math and the advanced reading group, and I was in the, you know, the gifted program where we like did a bunch of like I don't know logic puzzles and stuff to try to <laughs> stimulate our minds and things like that. Um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, had the had the highest uh, high school wise had the highest GPA in school history at the time. Um nice. Yeah, you know, like. Humble brag right there for Fucking all the, nerd. you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, I'm taken. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, you know, was was really smart. Um, wanted to go to school um, in college. Wanted to be a, a chemical engineer. And I actually wanted to, uh, I wanted to go, and I wanted to work at the uh, Ohio Crime Lab in in London, Ohio, doing like forensic work. Um, this is back when CSI was really big. And so I actually didn't watch those shows because I was already at the point where I was like, these aren't real. Because um, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. Um, applied to a bunch of like tech schools, um, you know, it's like Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, Virginia Tech, um, Illinois Institute of Technology, things of that sort. Uh, got into a few, but they were very expensive and they were a little further away cause like not only are they expensive in general, but then like the cost of living, like in in Boston to go to MIT is very expensive. Yeah. Cost of traveling there and back, like on breaks is very expensive.
0: And um, even back then, like forget yes. now, how, oh, like even back then.
1: I remember, um, I believe MIT's undergraduate, it's a private school, undergraduate tuition for 2003 which is when I would have started I want to say was north of $27,000 a year in terms of tuition alone. Shit. I think it was more than I think it might even been north. That's just tuition. Like that's not even yeah. the fees, room and board, anything. I think I had mapped out that like the total cost was going to be like 50 grand a year or something like that like in terms of everything like it would have been would have been insane. Yeah. Um, bit, bit out of the price range. Was hoping for more scholarships than I got, but, uh, you know, you get what you get. And so uh, ended up going to a little school in Columbus called Ohio State. Um, uh, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. I know. Not a lot of people know about it. No, it's no, a little, no. little hole. The. the Ohio State. Yeah, well, they didn't win that trademark, so anybody can throw <laughs> a V in front of anything and, and call it a day. Um, But, uh, yeah, I went there and uh, was always an OSU fan. Uh, you know, just in general, uh, but uh, liked that it was close, but not too close. Um, I, I liked the campus when I went on my, uh, when I went on my tour, you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, again, I earlier, I said, I'm a Midwest guy and it just felt like a Midwest place to be. Right. Um, and that really spoke to me. And uh, so said I was going to go there. I uh, lived in uh, Lincoln Tower which the great thing about Lincoln is it was one of the dorms that had air conditioning and that was very appealing to me. Um, yeah that's a win yeah
0: when you go to college for the first time freshman year yeah. sophomore year if you have air conditioning, you're living the dream
1: because yeah because when I went and looked at the place like we went to some of the place the the dorms that didn't have air conditioning and it was all like box fans in the windows and it sucked. it felt terrible in there and I could only and they're like well, it's summer. You won't be here in the summer because you know our classes start in like September, and I'm like, yeah, but September's still fucking hot, so right. I'm not interested. And um, uh, so the other thing is, I'll mention this, uh, uh you guys, again, you guys can't see me because it's a podcast. <laughs> But um, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a svelte man, but I'm also not a heavy man. But but when I was starting college, I actually weighed 350 pounds. So uh, throughout my life, I've lost about 100 over 150 pounds. So it was very important to me uh, to have an air conditioned dorm room because I used to sweat like a motherfucker, and right. it would have been a disaster. Um, I probably I probably could have sweat out 20 pounds just being in the dorms. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, I lived in Lincoln tower cause it was air conditioned and, um, only lived in the dorms for a year and, uh, cause I did not like it at all. I shared oh, yeah. Who a, does? Shared, shared a room with four guys and, oh, uh, gross. yeah, we were, we were in what was known as the quad. We got the uh, distinct pleasure of getting to save like $500 a semester because there were four of us in there, but having to like cram four people into a room that other people only had two people in. Um, So that was, yeah. So thanks. (laughs) Thanks for that. Um, But uh, yeah, we were, we were in the, I was in the dorm for one year and um, was a chemical engineer. And, and as I mentioned earlier, um, I ended up as a lawyer. So that chemical engineering thing didn't really work out for me. I, uh, I'll never forget this. It was um, my first year, and um, the Ohio Union Activities Board uh, brought Chris Rock in. This is when he was doing his Bigger and Blacker tour, and I'm not bringing up Chris Rock because he just got the this, this shit smacked out of him by Will Smith, <laughs> but this just happens to be who was yeah. was performing. And,
0: and that that era of comedy is very different than what it is now.
1: Oh, absolutely it was.
0: And yeah, so the actually that is a very monumental tour of oh, yeah. stand-up comedy. So whatever you're about to say, I'm already excited yeah. because it's going to be good.
1: And I remember when I got tickets and we all had tickets and the show was on like a Monday night. And the thing about being in in chemistry at OSU is um the way that the, the schedules are structured, you have lecture 3 days a week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the morning. Then on Tuesday, you have a lab, and the lab is like three or four hours long. It's a disaster. And then on Thursday, you have like recitation, which is basically lecture, but the is there instead to help you with your homework. And so it's Monday night, and so on lab day, on Tuesday, I had to go in, and not only did I have to have last week's lab completed, like I'd have the write-up done and like everything ready to turn in. I also had to do what was called a pre lab, where I had to be ready for when I went in on Tuesday to do whatever the lab was. Yeah. So it's a Monday night. I've got uh, like a really long lab report I need to write up. I've got a long pre lab that I need to do. All of my friends in the dorm are getting ready to go see Chris Rock. And I, for a second, was like, I can't go. Like, I'm too busy to go to see Chris Rock. Like I have too much work tonight to go to see Chris Rock. And literally I was like this far and you guys can't see my fingers, but they're really, they're like really close (laughs) together. Let the record show. My fingers are really close together. I was this far away from saying, Hey guys, I can't go. Like I have a lab report. I have a ton of work to do. And then I literally, I remember in my head I was like, no, fuck that. I'm like, I want to go. And I just closed the book. And I was like, it'll be here later or whatever. And I went and saw Chris Rock. And we sat in, like, the third or fourth row. Because we got there early enough that we could be, like, one of the f- first people in. Cause it was oh, all so like- it was,
0: like, general admission. Yeah,
1: because the way it was is, like, the the, the student union, like – owned all the tickets and mm-hmm. just kind of gave them out and like they were all general admission so you would get in and then you just kind of get seated as you got seated okay we might have been more like the seventh or eighth row but the point is we were very close right to to, to chris and his his bigger and blacker tour if you haven't seen it is amazing it's still iconic comedy um you know it has the big piece of chicken bit and it has the uh the Martin Luther King Boulevard bit. Um, I'm not going to do those right now, but uh, you could you could listen to them. Um, they're very funny. And uh, I, I loved it. And I was just like, part of going to college for me, like it was to get an education, and, and I did, but it was to have experiences and it was to have fun and it was to meet people. And that was like the first step in a series of steps that led me to realize like, I don't know that being a chemi chemical engineer uh, student is right for me, and I don't know that it's the right like path for me long term. I there were other issues too, like that's just one that sticks out. Um, OSU also with their sciences, they do a lot of focus on like doing research. And so like you need to like have a topic that you're going to like actually do research on and you're going to write like a research thesis and you're going to publish papers and you're going to be this like distinguished person right I didn't want to be a person writing papers and like doing research like I wanted to work at the crime lab in London Ohio you know yeah, what I you're mean not like
0: publishing shit
1: Right maybe I'm doing reports related yeah. to my findings and I'm like testifying at court It just felt like maybe OSU their view of what I should have been doing wasn't in line with like how I saw myself and maybe it would have gotten there eventually. Maybe I didn't stick it out enough, but, but for me, it was just, this is, there were, like I said, there were a lot of factors kind of in the background that were just making me kind of say, "Uh, I don't know about this anymore. And so I was, uh, you know, slowly but surely started the process of drifting out of uh, chemical engineering and into, into other Potential majors. I dabbled in uh, in athletic training. I was going to be an athletic trainer for a Interesting. while because I had already done all of this like science. I'd already done this chemistry and biology, and I was like, "How can I make those classes work for me in some oh, way?" so you're
0: like, they already count towards this degree. How yeah. can I make them count towards another so I don't have to take more classes? Right, and have to okay. stay
1: for a fifth year, and have to pay for right. a fifth year, and all of that stuff, and. Uh, So I was in athletic training for a while, and then that also just wasn't – didn't feel – didn't fit right. I had to take a class. This is ridiculous. I had to take a class. This will show you kind of how, like, antiquated things are. The class I was taking was – it was medical terminology, and it was basically a class that, like, went over all of the Latin roots for various words, and I had to memorize, like, all of these root – like, you know – like the award how what a word meant i had to be able to synthesize what the word meant based on the beginning part of it and the ending part of it
0: you're blowing my mind with how ridiculous this class is if it's still around stop. yeah
1: exactly (laughs) it's it was taught by a nun i kid you not it was taught by like this this she would show up like in like the black like with the thing with the white across like it was taught by a nun she was i don't remember her name it was sister something and you know she had been teaching latin and and latin derived terms for for decades according to her and it was it was a large lecture hall where literally she would just put up on uh, she did not use a computer right. because it was so old she had an overhead projector uh and for the i hope all the listeners know what an overhead projector is if not you can google it and she would just put up the root and then she would call on somebody and say what does this root mean and then she had another thing she would put over top of it that would say what it is. And she'd be like, correct. Or she would be like, no, not quite. And then she'd go to somebody else. And then when they got it, then she'd put it up. And that was the
0: class. <laughs> I feel like if it wasn't a nun teaching that class, it would have been a lot more traumatic. Where it was some like, old person and they have just had enough, right? They're just doing this to get by. And they put up the the word, and then they call on someone, and they're wrong. They're like, "Ooh, guess again, dumbass!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> I,
1: I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I was like a, I was a real goody two shoes, like straight A student in high school, and and I, looking back, I'm I'm somewhat glad that I was, but I also I feel like I was tricked. Like I was the kid that like when the teacher gave you what what I now know was busy work. Like, here's a worksheet. You need to, like, do all the matches and, like, come up with all, like, the terms. Or you need to do all, like, the multiplication tables. I was the kid that, like, did it because, like, I wanted to get 100 on it. I wanted to get, like, the, the best score. But, like, looking back, I'm like, you know... I could I don't need to memorize all this stuff. Like I didn't need to know when all the battles in the Civil War took place or like where they were located. Like when right. that comes up, I can look it up. Um I didn't need to memorize like all my multiplication tables. Like I can use a cal I mean first of all, you can just do them, but like I could uh I could use a calculator. You know, it was always an, a big thing like you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket 24/7 when you're when you're older and it's like we do now. We do. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I fell for some of that. Like if I had kids, I would kind of say, you guys need to work hard. You need to apply yourselves. But like when it's busy work, like just do, do whatever you need to do. Like if there's something more important that will help you grow as an individual, or if there's something that you can actually like learn or, or start working on like actual thought instead of just like regurgitating or instead of just like doing busy work, I would much rather you be doing that than than this, and so I think that's one thing. And looking back, and that's how I feel with the medical terminology class. Like, why why does that class exist? Like, why did I take that class? Like, why why is that a thing? Why did I need to Why did I need to memorize all that stuff? And what what benefit? Even if I would have been an athletic trainer, what benefit would it have been for me to know what all of those root words and and endings mean in Latin? Like, where where was that going to come into play?
0: You've been a hell of a person on like Trivia Tuesday at a bar, right? And Whenever you know, those questions came up,
1: and you know what's funny is I do enjoy bar trivia, and I am really good at bar trivia, probably because awesome. of all probably because <laughs> of all of that stuff. But like other than other than that impractical application, yeah, it's nothing. You know what I mean? And then I right. can, I can surely watch a good game of Jeopardy, and you know <laughs> answer a lot of good questions. But you know maybe I should go on there sometime. And they're like, well I. There's a category – if I'm on Jeopardy and there's a category, Latin Roots, you can just go ahead and bank me on that one. <laughs> I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up. Like, let's do this. Nail in nailing
0: every single one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, so anyway, after athletic training, while I was doing that, I took a class um, – I took a, gener- like a general education course in, in economics, and I really liked that. It made a lot of sense to me. It had just the right amount of, like, sciency kind of, like, and science and math, you know, where I was kind of, like, using my brain and, like, I was kind of logicking things out. And I was using, like, principles to explain um, supply, explain demand, explain how markets work. Um, so it had that element, but it wasn't as, I don't know, nobody really wanted me to do any research. They wanted me to, like, it was more practical. You know, like, when people were talking about it, it was like, oh, you'll go out in the world and you'll, you know, help see how markets are the way they are and you'll help like set prices and you can help do like monetary policy and things like that. And I was like, Oh, that actually is something people might find useful. So I, uh, I ended up doing a degree in economics and, um, and then I ended up picking up a second major in, in criminology just cause I, and literally I picked that up only because I thought it was cool. And because I had always wanted to work in the crime lab and I knew that dream was over, but I didn't really want to give it up. Okay. Um, so I wanted to do criminology. And I also, I was one of the first students at OSU. It was a new minor at the time. I was one of the first students to get a minor in forensic science, um, which was the coolest. Like that, Those were the coolest classes, like forensic anthropology, where we like actually studied the differences in like bones between different animals and different like male and females and things like that. And like looked at like actual like trips to like the morgue and stuff like that, where we looked at that kind of stuff. And then we, uh, did like actual, like forensic, my favorite part of my forensic science class was we had like a real, um, like investigator from like Columbus PD. He was like a detective and he brought screenshots of crime scenes. And this guy was very engaging and he shows and he's like, this was, it was a garage and like the garage had like, uh, you know, it had been, like, ransacked, and there there was a sheet-covered body. And he's like, you know, there was, this was unfortunately a crime of passion, murder. You know, somebody's—the guy's brother came up upon him and, and shot him. He's like, one thing we like to note, if you look in the corner here, you'll see a bottle of korsky vodka. That's that cheap, you know, grocery store vodka with yeah. the red
0: label. It cost you like four bucks.
1: Yeah. He's like, you'll— uh, You'll see a pattern. he's like, we tend to find that whenever there's a crime committed, like nine times out of ten you'll you'll find a bottle of Korsky vodka or some <laughs> other grocery store brand not uh, not too terribly far from the from the scene. And sure enough and you know he obviously planned it out but sure enough yeah. later he shows us another picture and he's like, yeah, this person uh, this uh, person was uh, was beaten up you know there was there was a dispute it was over $5 and the guy wouldn't pay it back so the other guy you know just almost beat him half to death and he's like and if you look over here sitting on the shelf and he circled it he's like you'll see that bottle of Korsky vodka that infamous bottle sitting there and um, i that was like one of my favorite classes and that I'm
0: not i'm not a conspiracy theorist twist. but i think that bottle of vodka is a the murderer. same bottle.
1: I think. Th- I think it's the same bottle. First of all,
0: I think the bottle, all- did yeah, bottle did it. Yeah, hundred percent. And
1: framed the other guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the perfect crime. Who would suspect an inanimate object exactly. of, of murder and <laughs> and beating somebody to death? Like it's <laughs> so wonderful. That's a great theory. You should be a detective.
0: Yeah, I should. I, I'd show all this CSI people what's up.
1: That's it. We're closing down this podcast. We're starting a true crime podcast, but all we're doing now is trying to figure out what uh, Korsky vodka, <laughs> and we're just going to pin them as being the murderer in all that, exactly that vodka is the murderer in all situations. Looking at
0: every crime scene, looking for that vodka.
1: Yep. We'll start with the uh, Nicole Simpson murders, and we'll we'll prove that yep. Korsky vodka, and not not OJ, or I'm sorry, some other person is the person that killed Nicole Brown Simpson, and uh, yeah. We'll just take a look at the the, uh, the bombing at the Boston marathon that was Korsky vodka all along yep. and Kennedy was shot by Korsky vodka like it's just uh, <laughs> this podcast not brought to you by Korsky vodka um, kind of the
0: most ridiculous thing ever yeah absolutely <laughs> oh it
1: would be it'd be like mystery science theater 3000 but it would just be pinning all murders we'll find like murders from television shows and then just like edit <laughs> Korsky vodka and be like yeah
0: boom who shot Jr?
1: You know, like any old television show ever. Just yeah. Korsky vodka all along. <laughs> well,
0: there we go. The most ridiculous thing ever.
1: Yeah, I've been known to be somewhat absurd at times, and so that that no. fits just it fits just right in right here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, back from the absurdity.
1: Yes, back back to the task. I know, I know. You you told me you're like, hey. Don't hey, man, be, don't, no
0: absurdity yeah, on don't, the podcast don't, Don't at be
1: – I can't really have you being too funny on the pod. This isn't a humor podcast. very serious. And I was like, okay, man. Uh, I, I laugh, laugh a lot on this podcast uh, I like, I know. there's some
0: great funny stories that are told, and I love it. Yeah. So uh,
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, finished – I actually ended up needing the fifth year in college, by the way. Spoiler alert. Like when I said I was trying to figure out a way to not do an extra – not have to do a fifth year. Just
0: connecting I, the dots, and yeah. did it.
1: As I kept changing over and over, I was like, you know what? Nothing wrong with a victory lap. Um, I liked it. I could really just take minimal classes my fifth year and hang out, which was wonderful. Uh, Also, I wanted to uh, prepare for the LSAT, which is the law school entrance exam, and and I took that. And... um, so, uh, you know, I looked at a bunch of different schools, um, wanted to stay in Ohio because I knew I wanted to I wanted to live in Ohio at this point. You know, you get to a point in your life where you're old enough to realize, like, I'm not the guy who moves from Ohio to another another state. Um, and as I said before, I'm a Midwest guy, so I wanted to stick around. So I looked at Capitol, University of Akron, Case Western Reserve, um, OSU again, as potential law schools. Um, knew I wanted either Columbus or wanted to be back near my home, you know, so uh, Barberton, uh, Akron area. And actually, my first year of law school, um, I actually went to the University of Akron. So I moved back to Akron for a year. I said I lived in Columbus ever since, but there was a brief period where I moved back to Akron. Um, uh, Akron offered me a really nice scholarship. They actually, for my first year, they paid me to go there, uh, which was wonderful. If you know anything about a law school education, it is not, not uh, is not cheap. So that they paid me for the first year was amazing. And I actually believe that my first year of law school was one of the, was probably my best year of law school, meaning that I had the most fun that year of all the whole three years that I was in law school. Uh, the people up at Akron were just first rate. They were super fun. Some of my best friends, uh, loved we would, you know, we'd get done with classes on Thursday or on Friday and we'd go to um bar in Akron called 69 taps. I'm sure you can guess uh, uh what their gimmick is, but uh <laughs> shit ton of taps, 69 of them in fact. I never counted, but I have to assume they wouldn't lie about a
0: thing like that. Yeah, um, it's absurd to lie about that. Yeah.
1: Wait, well, I mean if it's more, say more and if it's less I kind of appreciate the crude humor. So, uh, you know, but so we would go there. And um, also there was a a place. uh, I forget what it was called now, but they had the best like grilled cheese sandwiches and craft beers you could get. And they had like just four or five different artisanal grilled cheese. So we'd go there for lunch a lot. One time we we convinced the law school dean to go with us. We were heading down there and he just was like walking by us in the hall. We're like, hey, Dean. You got lunch plans, and he was like, "What? We're like, we're all going to lunch. Uh It was called Lock, uh, Lockview Cafe. and That's what it was called. We'd go down to. We're like, well, we're going to Lockview for lunch. Do you want to go with us? And he was like, and you can't see this. He just gives us one finger to be like, yeah, wait a second, one moment, one finger. moment. And he's like, he. I remember he's like assistant. You know, he asked like his assistant. He's like, well, do I have lunch plans? And uh, she was like, no, you're free. And he's like, I'm in. So he walked down with us to Lockview. Um, he's like, what's good here? We're like, oh, you got to get the grilled cheese. And so he's like, well, which one? So he's like, okay, I'll get this one. He's like, we need an appetizer, don't you think? And we're like, yeah, I guess so. Like, that's fine. So um, he does that. And he's like, and you know, I know it's lunch. He's like, do you guys have classes later? And we were like, well, I have one like way, what, much later. And he's like, well, he's like, probably shouldn't drink then should we and i was like well maybe not but we I, I, said, I said we probably shouldn't but i think we're go we were planning on it in anyway. <laughs> so we each got a beer and he was just talking to us about like the law school and um you know we were just talking about whatever we wanted to talk about um picked up the check which was nice of him um that is nice but uh it was just really nice to be able – like the, like I said, it was just a more personal type of a school where the dean, we could just say to him, like, do you want to get lunch with us? And he – we we never expected him to take us up on that offer at all. And the fact that he did was just really cool. Yeah.
0: It's um, one of those, like, joking times, but you're like, if it actually turns out, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, hey, come on and do this, even though you're fully expecting, oh, I, I'm busy. Right. And yeah. No response.
1: We thought he'd laugh us off and be like, "Yeah, okay, have fun, kids," you yeah. know, and it was like then he like asked and then we were like, "What?" I remember my friend Jared was like, "What's he doing?" You know, like, "What's he doing?" <laughs> I and I was like, "I think he's seeing if he can go." And then my other friend Josh was like, "Were we serious?" Like literally he was like, "Were we?" I was like, "I don't know what we were." Like I I said, like, "I don't know." Like he yeah. should have known he might say he's yes. Like, your bluff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, "Okay." Um, but, uh, so, you know, that was a fun time and they were just really cool people. We had, uh, my friend, Josh, who I just mentioned, he, uh, we always called him in, in law. Anytime you're like evaluating something, you, like a lot of the standards rely on a reasonable man. Like what would a reasonable man do? Mm-hmm. And Josh was like the most calm, cool kind of collected guy in the world. So we always deemed him the reasonable man. So anytime we were doing like a law school issue, we were like reading through a case, when we were trying to analyze whether or not the reasonable man standard was met, we would just be like, Josh, what do you think, man? And he would be like, he'd think for a second, he'd say, reasonable. Or he would say, <laughs> nope, that's unreasonable. And we'd be like, okay, there we go. And then we would write our answers based on whether he thought it was reasonable or not. Beautiful. It uh, it hit like, I don't know, 75% of the time or something like that. So 75% he was just, of the time, <laughs> it
0: works every time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that did, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that was always that was always great. Um, I had a lot of fun with them. Uh, but uh, the thing about Akron, great nice place. Like I said, good people. Um, Akron's not exactly a high ranked law school. Um, Akron at the time was what's known as a third tier law school. Um, the first tier is like the top like 25 schools or something. And then the next tier is like everything from like 25 to a hundred. Um, I don't know if this is still how it is, but this is how it was explained to me at one point. And then any other law school after the top 100 are, um, are just ranked in alphabetical order. So we always used to joke that Akron was like one of the best third tier law schools because it was (laughs) one of the first ones listed alphabetically. Um, but, uh, I uh, I wanted to go to a little bit better school. I kind of knew I wanted to work in Columbus, and at the time I was uh, was dating a young lady who was going to was an undergrad at OSU, so I wanted to come back to Columbus. So I applied to be a transfer student. So did my second and third year at, at OSU. Came back and went to law school here. Um, different experience. It was a OSU was a top, at the time was a top tier law school. I think it still is. Um, so it's a little more cutthroat. You know, a little more like when you're watching, like if you've ever watched Legally Blonde or like any kind of movies that depict law school, a little bit more people trying to edge out the competition and, and things like that. Not not as dramatized as as they are on TV, but still, you know, it wasn't – I didn't feel the amount of – there was some camaraderie, but not as much as there was uh, at Akron. And so uh, – but at this point, I was kind of a little more focused and I was more – I was less about – Let's make sure I'm having a good time, and more like, okay, it's time to get serious. Like, I need to be able to pay for all these loans I'm taking out. I need to be able to find a job, and I need to be able to do something. Right. Um. So also, I I forgot to mention this, and and I'm I don't know, I'm I'm hesitant to bring it up, but um, you know, when I was in uh when I was in undergrad, uh, I did dabble a little bit on the weekends in a little bit of uh, open mic stand up comedy. I was yeah. hoping you would bring this I, up. I thought you might. I thought you might, um, which is also might be what the, po- the podcast is titled. We don't know yet. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, speaking of which, you know, with Derek's podcast, there was a bet going about what, what the title of that one was going to be. He's such an interesting guy. He's, um, a,
0: he's an interesting fellow. Yeah. And I remember when we were at his place discussing him coming on, um, he said. I want to be named the gambling salesman. Yep.
1: And that was a good name. That's yep. a- aptly titled. aptly Because yeah. you could have called him, like, the card collector. Yeah. You could have called him, like, the, the renaissance man. You could have called him, you know, just basically anything. Like the mayor. The, the mayor. Yeah, the guy dabbles in absolutely every, everyone's best friend. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I did a little bit of – first time I did stand-up comedy. Um, this, is, this is a true story is uh, we're, we're – a few of my friends and I are sitting there and uh they're like you somebody went up and tried to do it it was like an op- true open mic so you have people singing you have people like just doing like poetry and then you have some people doing like comedy and this guy goes up and just tells some really like bad jokes and like
0: bad as in they suck or bad as in like dark
1: no 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 if they were dark they probably would have been funny like these are like just bad like they're not like i don't i don't know that you can I have a hard time calling them jokes. Like, I just okay. called them bad jokes. But, like, he went up there and said some things that weren't funny. Um, and, uh, you know, one of my friends was like, you could do better than that. I'm like, you're damn right I could do better than that. And he's like, you should do better than that. And I was like, ooh. I, again, <laughs> the theme here is my bluff gets called a lot. And when my bluff gets called, I'm like, oh, no. So I, I – you can't – here's the thing people don't realize. You can't go up with no set like you can't just go up and try to be funny like it's not you
0: need to have bits
1: you need to have something so i take a napkin and i like ask the waitress for a pen and i rough out a few jokes on there um i I, so this is hard to explain and it's really really hard to do over radio or you know i know we're not on the radio but it's hard to do recording voice only but one of the bits I did was um, at OSU, there were these buses. They're called the campus buses. And like they'd pick you up and they'd take you around because OSU is a big place. So you, right. sometimes you need a bus to take you places. And this is different from the COTA bus. These buses were run by OSU. And one of the first bits I did was um, people trying to run to catch a bus. Because it's, it's I, you would see this all the time because these buses ran on a very strict schedule they would show up at a very specific time, they would wait for a very specific amount of time, and then they would leave. Um, at least they were supposed to. But if they were early, they would still wait the time they were supposed to wait, and then they would leave, even if they were now leaving early, like if they just happened to catch good traffic. So you could, in a the theory, show up when the bus was supposed to be there, and it would have already left. And so, one of my first bits I did was, it was running for the bus, because I would always see these people, they'd be, like, running, they would start out with just, like, a walk, then they'd see the bus start to, like, the blinker would change on the back, so then it was gonna pull so then they'd jog, then all of a sudden they'd go into, like, a full-on run, like, papers flying everywhere, you know, like, back they're throwing, like, their backpack down, like, dead sprint to try to get onto the bus, and... Nine times out of ten, the bus would pull away before they could get on the bus. And as soon as the bus would pull away, they would immediately just, like, take their head and slick their hair and just be like, yeah, I didn't really want to get on that bus anyway. And just kind of, like, turn and just, like, walk away. And uh, that was one of the, the – it's again, it's more physical bit, but it was uh, – it, it, people really liked that one. They, they got a good rise up. That's the only bit from my first go that I remember. Because I did it a few more times because it, it was. It a, hit. It, it hit. It, 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 it was. The, the thing people don't realize about, about stand up comedy, like, I, I've had this happen to me. I tell people sometimes that I used to do stand up, and they'll say to me, Oh, you used to stand up, say something funny.
0: That's not how it works. It doesn't
1: work that way. And people are like, What do you mean? And it's like, it's a stand up comedy is a stats game because, like, I'm literally in front of a group of people. And first of all, there's a reason that comedy clubs have, have drinks, because you need people in the right mood to want right. to laugh. And two, think about a joke. Think about the funniest joke you've ever heard. Did everybody laugh at it? Does everybody agree that that joke is funny? No. They almost never do. So if one person says to me, make me laugh, tell me a joke... It's I have to know something about you specifically in order to know that you're going to find that joke funny. So, for instance, the running for the bus bit, if you've never experienced that or if you don't relate to that or, like, you don't say you didn't know what a bus was, that joke's not funny to you at all. It's impossible right. to be. Um so that's why you need a crowd of people because it, the idea is that and if you ever watch like a comedy show like on TV like they phone in clapping and they phone in laughter and they cut to people that are laughing when they're not like statistically a chunk of your jokes are going to die. You know what I mean? Especially on a long comedy set. But uh, the running for the, the bus one always got decent laughs from the crowd when I would do it. Um, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with how I like portrayed it. Like I'm I'm standing there and I'm like pretending to run and I'm like moving a lot. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think that my facial expressions kind of sell it. So
0: you're acting it out. Your facial expressions are exaggerated. I'm sure. Yeah. And you're just making it like a a dramatic effect. You're adding that dramatic effect that comedians do. Yes. So it makes it funny.
1: It's in order for it to be funny, you have to have a situation that's funny and you have to be able to tell it in a way that it conveys how funny it is. And that's the thing. Most people either fail one of the first two. They don't have anything funny to say, or they have something funny to say, but they don't know how to deliver it. You know, the people talk about comedic timing and that's very important. Um, So, yeah, so I did that. And then I did those on and off for a couple of years. And then it actually kind of ended, um, it actually kind of ended when I came back to OSU for law school, which is why this was a good time to bring it up. I, I just didn't, I came back, the scene wasn't what I remembered it, and I was really focused on law school. Um, when I transferred back to OSU uh, to go to law school, I found out I was going to go to OSU on like August 1st, and first day of classes was like August 10th. So I had like a week to like, find a place to live, get my stuff down here, get my books, get my classes scheduled, get like everything figured out. Tell my old law school I was leaving, tell all my friends at Akron that I was leaving. Like it was it was intense. Yeah. Um I actually so like I found I came down I literally came down to I had, I was working a job in Akron, so I had to like take a day off on a Tuesday because I found out on a Monday. I took like Tuesday off. I came down here on a Tuesday. I stayed over Tuesday to Wednesday to look at apartments. I found the the shittiest apartment I've ever lived in in my life. Like cuz you have to understand at this point I just need like a place with a bed and a, like a, an oven and a refrigerator to live in because like I'm I don't want to be homeless. I don't want to be the right. guy who's at OSU law school and he's homeless.
0: He's living on the bus.
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> cuz I'm not going to catch it. Um <laughs> So I, I find a, find a place, but they're like, it's not going to be ready for like three weeks. So I call up a friend. Luckily I had some friends still down here from undergrad and, and two best friends in the world, uh, They were so excited that I was coming back to Columbus that they're like, you come and stay with us as long as as you need. And I'm like, well, my place is going to be ready at the end of the month, so I just need a few weeks. And so they let me stay in their spare room and, um, you know, took me in. I'm always going to be forever grateful for them because uh, that was a very stressful time for me trying to move. And honestly, I don't know if I didn't have a place to stay if I wouldn't have just said, you know what, this isn't worth it. I'm not going to transfer to OSU. I'm just going to stay at Akron. Cause again, I could get it. I was a full ride at Akron. I knew I had a place to live in Akron, you know, it was was stable, but, uh, but it was nice to know that I had, that's actually, again, the girlfriend OSU is a better school, but knowing I had my, my real friends, like my, my long-term friends, in Columbus was a big reason to come back. I'm a very loyal person. I'm a very, uh, I, I try to choose my friends wisely. So it's like, I don't want to be friends with everybody. I want friends that I think are quality over quantity and quality friends are the type of people who will let you stay with them for three weeks when you're going to be homeless. You know, quantity friends are the type of people that say, man, that sucks. Like hope, hope you figure it out kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, that's interesting. I didn't know that Um, you had, like, a week to figure it out oh. and that you were in Akron and had all that. Also, did your friends offer – like, I'm not trying to, like, look no. down on them. Like, did they offer to let you, like, actually just say, hey, forget that place. Stay in my spare room. So,
1: they're it's, – it's a weird situation. So, they were, like – they were a married couple that were, like, uh, okay. yeah. settling up. So, like, it would have been weird. Like, it yeah. wasn't, like – when I say they're friends, like they're both my friends, but they were, it was a, it was, they're married. So like, it would have been kind of awkward for me to live with them long term. Like they were start, like they had moved off campus to like their first kind of like starter apartment. You know what I mean? Like one of the nice ones that like have granite countertops and that, you know, no one's ever urine played beer pong in it or urinated in the (laughs) corner of it. So I don't think, like they didn't offer and i wouldn't have expected them to given that situation um but uh actually uh, we'll get we'll probably get to it either today or or if if this goes on forever at some other point but we'll get to uh um i actually end up living with them again for a short period of time but that's because there was another issue in my life that happened but uh we'll get to that at some point
0: so so the assumption real quick was that they were just friends that weren't you know, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. two,
1: like two people who yeah I... that you
0: knew, and it's right. like, oh, the the move could have been just living with them, right? right.
1: Like the spare yeah. the spare room in their situation was like her craft room slash like where her mom stayed when the yeah. you know when they were in town, kind of a thing. Right. So it's a different dynamic than. um than, uh, like, just having two guys that had a spare room that were just like, yeah. you know. Undergrad
0: all over again.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was not that. It was, uh, there was like. It was like dinner at six o'clock kind of a th- you know what i mean like that was it the vibe it wasn't beer pulling at six o'clock it, it was, was dinner it was dinner right <laughs> it was like oh we bought a rotisserie chicken and we're going to eat this with some mixed spring greens and stuff you know it's like yeah it was it was adult stuff yeah it's like one of the first times i actually was living an adult life i was like look at this i feel very fancy mm. <laughs> um so i moved from that like to the worst apartment I ever lived in in my life. Cause again, I was just like, it was literally a place for me to sleep and to store my shit. Yeah. Um, uh, this is, a, I find this to be interesting um, in my time at OSU, which was, it was all told it was seven years. It was five years of undergrad. And then two last two years of law school. Um, I actually had my apartment broken into on three separate occasions. Um. Nice yeah yeah so the first time was when I was an undergrad. It was my fifth year um uh, my uh my girlfriend at the time and I coming back it was maybe ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. and um the front door was slightly ajar, and there's no reason for that. I no. live. I lived alone, and I was like,
0: "I." And you closed it
1: on the way out. Well, and that was the thing. I was like, "Did I not shut this?" Like you know. And then I was like, "Maybe the landlord is in." You know what I mean? So I, yeah, open it up, and I don't see anything out of sorts. But I go into my room, and my wallet is on the ground, and I was like, "I didn't leave that there." And I look at the desk, and my laptop is missing. And I look at the tv stand and my um my xbox is is missing and and that kind of stuff and then i look back into the uh, kitchen and i see that the back window has been broken out so what i assume is someone broke out the back window came through took the stuff and then walked out the front door interestingly enough they also took um like all my like duffel bags which i assume they used to like carry the stuff yeah
0: out you know like they needed it's like they didn't come prepared yes it's like they were just walking down the street and they were like oh you know what i was gonna go get you know mcdonald's but that window looks like fun to break
1: yeah more like meth Donald's. like <laughs> they were probably gonna get that and they needed some extra money but uh right. so that's the first time it happened and um also, when I lived in that place, my roommate. Th- later, I got a roommate, and uh, he had his car broken into, and they stole. And this is maybe the worst theft in recorded history. They stole the garage door opener to his parents' house in Orville. <laughs> what what we guess is that in the dark maybe it looked like an iPod at the time, or it looked like some sort of like MP 3 or like a cell phone. Cause like the back then they were bricks, you know? Right. And so they must've saw it like sitting in the cup holder and they must've, they broke the window and must've just g- grabbed it and ran. Um, we actually later that day spent a chunk of time in the alley, just walking up and down to see if maybe they had seen, looked at it and been like, Oh fuck, this is just a garage door opener had thrown it down <laughs> because um, it wasn't, Again, literally, all he lost was that. It wasn't a big deal that he lost it, but like having to deal with getting a new window in his car and having to like tell his parents, like, hey, you guys are down a garage door opener. Like, we're going to have to get a replacement. Like, it was more just a hassle than anything. Yeah. Um, So that wasn't the best place ever to live. Um, But so there, I, I had it happen. And then my third year of law school, I had the same apartment broken into twice um which was a
0: real bummer i did you live in the same spot all three years no no so
1: i so that was the other thing so i lived um my second year i lived in the worst apartment ever and i'm like i'm not doing that anymore so i go and i get a better apartment you know like a two-bedroom i have all the space in the world it's got nice carpet like i've got like a living room like i felt like i was just it's for one person i have a two-bedroom like i had an office i had a sleeping space I'm I'm living the dream. I go home for Labor Day weekend. You know, long weekend. And I left on like a Thursday. I got back on Monday. Again, same story. Front door slightly ajar. And I'm like, fuck. I open it up. My place is trashed. I mean, they probably spent the whole weekend like going through everything. Like they... Took all my electronics and like I had a 32 inch CRT, like RCA, te- like shittiest television. Like now, by this standard, like the shittiest yeah. television ever. They just pushed it over onto the ground because they were what? just trying to get, they were just trying to get like, I, I assume they were just trying to get all the electronics unplugged. So they were just like, fuck this TV and just like knocked it onto the ground so that they could steal everything. Took all my. <laughs> You know, this is back when DVD box sets and like video games came in discs and stuff. So they took all of those. Um, Again, uh, luckily, no, they took the computer because I didn't take it with me because I wasn't going to use it. Um, You know, took just all sorts of stuff. Yeah. that was, I mean, and again, the worst part about all these is each time someone would take the computers, like, I'd lose all my photos, I'd lose, like, all my papers, I'd lose, like, everything. We'll get to that in a second. But, uh, and just, the like, you don't feel right being in the place. And again, and this is true to form, they took all my duffel bags and they took all my, <laughs> took my luggage so that they could wheel all of my stuff out, like, without, like, any Without anybody noticing, I assume. Yeah. The one thing they didn't take, though, and this is so this is way back, you know. Again, this is uh, like 2010. They did not take my very modest alcohol collection. Um, and you know, because I would have, I would have, I would have been like, I'll take a bottle of this to celebrate. You know what I yeah. mean?
0: Um I just scored all this dude's DVDs and video games. Yeah, so you I'm know. Take this too. Take
1: this too. Yeah, they didn't get my bottle of. Uh, They'd get my bottle. Of, I had I had a bottle of Eagle Rare, and a, a bottle of uh, of Blanton's. For those of you that know Blanton's on this, I'm sure it's a real real big ticket item there. But uh, but you know, again, I was in college, I was in law school. That back then, those were fines. Um, yeah. The b- bourbon market wasn't what it's like now. Uh but. But they didn't take those. And I was like, okay, well, that was stupid. I would have taken those. And just as, like, a victory drink. They didn't take my bottle of Jameson or my bottle of Grey Goose vodka. You know, all the – just the basic stuff you can living, buy.
0: Living the high life as a college student. Well,
1: you know, I didn't drink a ton. So I was like, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink something. Drink something that, good. Drink something good. So, like, no – I had a friend in, in undergrad. Loved him to death. But he had the the typical college – Set up where above the cabinets, he had like every bottle of empty bottle of Smirnoff vodka that he'd had. Like he probably had 15 to 20 empty bottles of of Smirnoff and like a bottle of uh, Vox. If you're familiar with Vox, because it has like a really nice looking bottle. It looks like the fanciest bottle in recorded history. He had that. And, uh, um, (laughs) I'll tell a quick story about him, actually, just because why not? <laughs> Let's go so, for it. Um, he was a, he was Jewish. Uh, he is Jewish. I, you know, I don't know why I said he was. He was at the time. He probably is now. Still, um, okay. definitely is now. Still, but uh, he had this girlfriend, and she came to visit him. He had met her at um, some uh, some like uh, I'm trying to think of how to best describe it like a like a college program for Jewish students. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying hard to not say it was a Jewish camp, is what I'm. I don't want to call it that. Yeah, that does
0: sound bad. So
1: I can't call it that. It was definitely over the summer
0: social gathering, Uh, like a social
1: gathering, right? So I don't want to call it that. So um, he met her there, and she went to Vassar, and she talked about going to Vassar a lot. Like it was something she brought up frequently. Like she she traveled for work, exactly. Like if you traveled for work, or if you know you. uh, you know, went to went to law school or something like that. You just bring it up constantly. But she, um, she she went to Vassar, so she comes to visit, and she was like, "I'm gonna make my famous potato latkes." And um, you know, potato latkes are this delicious food that transcend religion. Um, anybody Absolutely. anybody can love a good potato latka. What's not to love about onions and shredded potatoes that are fried into little pancakes and then served with? applesauce and sour cream like they're they're oh, to die for So good so my friend uh, drew who is um, so my friend jason is is the guy with the girlfriend my friend drew is um, his roommate and then it's it's me we're very excited like all three of us are very excited for these potato latkas. like we're just like yeah i love a good potato latka, let's do it so she's like yeah i'll make enough for everybody it'll be it'll be the dinner and so she go- a lot She goes to make them, and she either... I'm not in the kitchen, so I don't know what she did, but she either didn't oil the pan or she didn't oil the pan enough. And this is back undergrad living, so, like, apartments with, like, smoke detectors built in. This thing is just going off. Hardwired, there's no way to turn it off. Like, we got one person there fanning it, trying to get it to stop going off. Just blaring... We've got the neighbors cursing at us and telling us to turn that goddamn thing off and, like, what the fuck's the matter with us? <laughs> so it's smoking something fierce. Like, it smelled like grease, burnt grease in that apartment for probably a month to six weeks after.
0: Ugh, that's so but gross.
1: But that's not the best part of this story because she serves us the lot. Cause anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're burnt to shit. They're the worst things I've ever tasted in my life. And my friend Jason, God love him, wanted to get laid by the Vassar girl bad enough that he's eaten them, and he's just like, oh, baby, these are the best vodkas I've ever had in my life. No. And Drew and I are s- sitting there just, like, scraping them into the trash. <laughs> oh, and... Uh, they ended up – they dated for like another two weeks after that, and then it was over. I, I like to think it was the latkes, but I, I don't know. Um, I've been
0: like, you know what? Thank you so much, but I'm just going to go to get a hash brown from McDonald's.
1: Somehow that would have been better. That would have been yeah. so much better. Um, But, yeah, I, I just – I that's just a non-sequitur story, but I just – uh, love, I love it. I love that. It's just my favorite. Like, oh, these are the best latkes ever. <laughs> Oh, they were horrible. They were burnt. Just to...
0: Eating char off your grill that has been sitting there. They were for they, they were black. Oh,
1: they were black, and I don't know why she served them. Like I don't know why we didn't do a different batch. Like I to this day can't fathom it. Like I don't know whether she didn't realize that they were bad. I don't know, but oh, they were
0: they were horrific. It's it's deep frying potatoes. Like yeah. your oil has to be not like insanely hot. Right. Like up there. And, and you have to
1: have enough of, you have to have a decent layer. Yeah. You know, cause you want to cook a
0: lot. Yeah. Cause you, uh, they need to be submerged.
1: Right. Exactly. You can't just like have, it's not like you're sauteing like broccoli. Like you yeah. need a good amount in there. Yeah. You're like you said, you're deep frying them. Um. So the third time my apartment got broke, getting back on. <laughs> so the third time yeah. it got broken into, Um, I'm in the same place I was the second time it got broken into. I literally left to go to Kohl's to buy a dress shirt. So I'm gone. I'm on I go to the Coles on Olentangee River Road, right by North uh North Broad Street, Northwest uh yeah, was it? Northwest. Uh, it takes me ten to fifteen minutes to get there. I'm in the store. I'm I'm a man, which is lovely because I can know exactly what size shirt I wear. So I can walk right up to this thing. I can say I need it in this size, this collar, this sleeve length, this color. Do I have a 20% off coupon? Yes, everybody always does. It's Kohl's. Check out. I'm back in the car. Like it's 15 minutes there, 15 minutes in the store, tops, 15 minutes home. So I'm gone less than an hour is the point of this story. Park my car. Walk up. This time, the door is shut. So this time, I'm in a real spot. And it's locked. So I unlock it. Okay. My apartment was ground level. So I open up the door, and I see that the back window, which is ground level, has been kicked in. Like, this is, I can't stress this enough. This is middle of the day. On a, like a Wednesday. Like, Jeez. so middle of the day on a Wednesday, it's five o'clock, it's dinner time. I was going to go home and make dinner. So it's like five, six o'clock. Somebody kicked in the back window and like nobody noticed that that was happening or nobody cared. I don't know which, but they, this was a quick job. They must've known. All they did was grab my laptop and leave. Um, That was it. The only nice thing, by the way, about the number of, of uh, uh, thefts that I was a part of um, burglaries was that I was getting a new laptop like every year. Like I, I uh, the downside was I was losing my files like, con like crazy. The, that was particularly bad because when they stole the laptop, the third time it was finals week. And I was like working on some law school papers. So I actually had to, uh, I had to get, I had to get uh, extensions on everything. I was like, Hey, this got stolen. This is before like a lot of cloud computing. Like luckily I had some drafts. Saved in my Gmail so that I could, but they were half done or quarter right. done. So I'm like, I have to redo it. So I took like some incompletes that got changed later. It was a disaster. I hated what, every what
0: year. Was this it
1: would have been like 2010, 2011?
0: Okay, yeah. So this is like the iPhone just came out. It's yeah. Like now we're getting into the technology where it's going to be way faster.
1: And I'm the poor college kid, so I'm not buying any of that Yeah, yet. you're not you know getting what I mean? any of that yet. Yeah, I mean, you're... it's out there. I'm aware of it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm buying what I can. Um, you know, people stealing Dell laptops from me left and right. I I was yeah. just handing them out with reckless abandon, <laughs> it felt like. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, like, it was, it was funny. So I don't know if you know this, but if you have a lot of thefts on your record, uh, not your like you're you're stealing, but if people are stealing from you, it makes it very hard to get insurance. Really? Uh, yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Fun you, fact. Yeah, fun little fact. So more
0: trivia that you could learn something from. Right. This.
1: Just hey, just dishing out knowledge to everybody here. Just when you do your summary, just be like, if you want to learn something, listen to this <laughs> podcast. Like you're gonna learn a ton. Want to know whether your insurance goes up when things are <laughs> stolen from you? Wanna know who founded Barberton, Ohio? Well listen to Matt stops listen by to this. give us all of that and more.
0: Listen to all this useless knowledge.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Until you know what though? If you go to bar trivia and someone's like, Who founded Barberton, Ohio? You're gonna be like, oh, Ohio Columbus Barber. You're like,
0: I'm getting laid tonight, <laughs> baby. I know that answer. Yep.
1: All you're gonna get blowjobbed to death by all the ladies <laughs> at the bar who are like, Oh yeah, I'll be your Ohio Columbus Barber. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounded sexy, and that's it all that matters. Sounds great,
0: even though that probably would never happen. Before.
1: Would never happen. I can. It's not a probably. It would never <laughs> happen ever. Um, Anywho, yeah. So, Insurance. <laughs> so, when I went, I, I eventually, so eventually, I move out of that place, move in with uh, a different, not the first girlfriend at the time, but a different girlfriend at the time. I'm not with her anymore, so I still have to say my girlfriend at the time. Um, and so I was on her insurance. That was nice. Cause we, we were like very strategic not to mention me on the insurance. Cause like immediately they'd have be been like, oh, we can't insure you. Um, but eventually I go get my own place and I could not get renter's insurance at my next apartment. When, when she and I broke up, I had to get, I guess I'll back up. So she and I, uh, we were together. We're living together. We were going to get an apartment, like a different apartment together. And um, I was pretty sure we were going to get married. Like that was, that was the end of that. Like uh, uh, she was really cool. I liked your family a lot. Like they liked me. Um, And I remember I was pack, I was sitting in our apartment and I was packing to move in. We had signed a lease on a new apartment. She had went to get dinner or breakfast brunch or something with a friend osu game was on i was watching it was a saturday morning or saturday afternoon and uh, she gets home she's really quiet i'm sitting on the couch packing books and she's sitting on the couch next to me like not i'm like how was brunch oh it was great you know cool and then i was like okay i'm like i've just been packing she's like i see that i'm like yep it's real quiet i was like what's going on she's just like i can't do this and I was like, what do you mean? Like, can't help me pack books or, you know, like, I didn't, like, there's no yeah. context to this. She's like, I can't do the new apartment. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, well, we signed a lease. I said, I guess we could try to back out of it and stay here. And she's like, no, I can't do us either. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, kind of interesting
0: way to go about phrasing all of it.
1: Yeah. So I was, uh, I was devastated, I think is the word I would use, probably. Um, this is in 2012, and I had just started my first adult job, you know, office job, working for the government, making a paycheck and having things like health insurance and, and Very you Very know, adult. Yeah, exactly, like a retirement account, like all of these things. Like Very I'm,
0: adult of you.
1: I'm starting to make money instead of take out loan money. Like, it was great, and... Um you know that's just uh what was happening and I was like okay my life's getting on track and all of a sudden that was dropped on me so I'm immediately homeless again because I'm living in her apartment but I can't stay there anymore I don't yeah. want I don't she tells me I can but like
0: you don't want to I don't
1: want to yeah. so I'm immediately homeless again um I call my friends, the same friends that took me in before they were getting back that very day from a trip that they had taken. They were at the airport when I called them and said, Hey, things are over. Can I stay with you? Like, and they're like, yeah, of course. Again, to the rescue. Yeah. I said, it's only for a couple weeks until, cause I just moved into the apartment that my ex and I had signed the lease on, but like, I, it was so you like,
0: just moved in, unpacked your stuff, all that. And yeah. now you got to leave.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Yikes. yeah, it was terrible. Um, so that I do that and literally grab a, my computer. I grab like enough or some, I need my dress clothes for work. I need my day to day clothes. I grab like, I've been replenishing, by the way, I replenish my duffel bags every time they get stolen. So I have the bags, uh, I feel like three or four duffel bags full of like just clothes grab a couple of suits um you know grab some electronics and I'm I'm out and I go and again to one of the they're now in a they're now in a new house this is like their house where they're gonna like start a family you know I'm st- again I'm that weird guy that's now staying in the now you're bedroom staying in the
0: basement no, and I'm the s- creepy guy yeah,
1: I no, I'm staying in the bedroom <laughs> that's gonna be like their kids' room someday okay. you know what I mean like that's where I'm at. Um, and it was, it was not where I thought my life was going to be at that point. Like it was definitely a one eighty from where I thought I was going to go. Yeah, and you know, you're, I was, just, like, so I was going to get married. We were going to have an apartment together. We we're going to have a new apartment together. Like things were going to, you know, I had my job. Like she was going to graduate and get her job, and we were going to have a life. And immediately, it was, I'm staying in my friend's spare bedroom that will someday be like their kid's nursery um like you know i mean like literally like the bed wasn't even made because they weren't expecting me and they were just getting back like i beat them there i was sitting in their driveway before they were getting back from the airport because wow. that's that's was how
0: that fast that's
1: how that was the turnaround that's that's they were across town and they lived in hilliard so they were across town at the airport i was living um like just south of Dublin, just south of OSU Airport, um, like that's well, but the old Fox and Hounds apartments. I don't know they're in Kenny and Henderson, but uh, you know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was like right across from the Governor's Square, which is like a fancy, fancy. place. There's a, a strip club, Cahoots, that used to be over there. Um, in my naivety, I thought Cahoots was like a was like a Hooters or like a Roosters. I didn't realize it was a strip club. And I, I, love that, I no, I I didn't know like. Yeah. Because like they used to have a billboard that was like, you know, like I forget what it said, but it was like, you know, like a mouth, something like more than a mouthful or something like that. And I thought it was like, oh, that's like the food.
0: Oh, yeah. They're making like, like giant cheeseburgers right. or something.
1: And someone was like, that's about breasts. And I was like, oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> But I, I she, you know, like I said, maybe that's why she's my ex. But I had said to her one time, like, we should go to Cahoots. And she's like, I'm not going to Cahoots. And I was like, well, we've never been there. And she's just like, that's a strip club. I'm like, I think it's a restaurant.
0: And she's like, no, it's a
1: strip club. And she was, and I said, no, I think it's a restaurant. She's like, well, why don't you Google it? And I Google it. And you know, it's like, uh, yeah, the girls there are always really great. You know, I always have plenty of singles. And sometimes they have coupons. And so I was like, okay, always need plenty of singles. Sounds like a strip club. The girls there are great. That could go either way. Sometimes they have coupons. That could go either way. And then one guy's like said something about a private room or something. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. This is a strip club. Like you were <laughs> you were right on that one. Like I I am I was we should not go there. It would be creepy and kind of weird. Yeah. Um uh but here I'm pouring pour one out for cahoots because it doesn't exist anymore. And yeah, I Yeah, poor cahoots. <laughs> This is a fast forward, uh, just again, completely non sequitur. No one's, if you were trying to chart my life based on this narrative, like you're going to be all over the place. It is yeah.
0: all over the damn place.
1: Recently, and by recently, I mean like within the last like four or five years, my, um, my current girlfriend and I, and I, people always, when I say current girlfriend, they're like, what do you mean your current girlfriend? Like it makes it sound like it's not going to, it's not going to last. It's like, no, it'll last but like it's the best way to describe as opposed to like a former girlfriend. Like yeah. the one I am person I am currently seeing. She and I were driving on one sixty-one in, in northwest Columbus and there was a billboard for cahoots. And cahoots billboard like had a picture, I don't remember, it was like rainbow stuff, and it was just like very weird. But then at the bottom it said it had the hashtag sign, you know, and hashtags are a way to get things. It was hashtag and then just the word trending. And I was – like, and and so we always thought that was hilarious because, like, they clearly don't understand how hashtags work because the point of your hashtag is supposed to be hashtag and then something that you want to trend. Right. But if you just do hashtag trending, like, that could be anything. Like, nobody's going to use hashtag trending. Um, And I just always thought that was, like, whoever was running the the social media platform for Cahoots – there's a reason it closed because they did not understand at <laughs> all. They were probably a boomer. Yeah. They did not understand at all how to make that work. Um, So that non sequitur side. So back to 2012, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm homeless again. You know what I mean? Like I'm living yeah. in somebody's spare bedroom, but I'm, I'm homeless. Like if, if they didn't have as nice of a setup, I'm sleeping on a couch. Um, Found an apartment though. And, you know, just, made up a different life you know so now here I am living by myself I still have that job so that's good I'm still making my money and um not a lot of money but I'm making some money and I now have an apartment I'm piecing everything back together and uh, still
0: have your laptop intact.
1: I have my this time, I have my laptop. Nobody stole anything, yeah. and um, all the
0: duffel bags,
1: all the duffel bags, like iterate version like four of duffel <laughs> bags. You know what I mean? Uh, your
0: DVD and video game collections collection are, are intact. I have intact, the, okay.
1: Probably, the, I don't know, PS3 by this point. I don't know yeah. what, I don't know what PlayStation I would have been on in 2012, maybe two. I don't remember when they came out, but yeah, I've got the PlayStation, I'm, I'm able to watch. Uh, if it was the PlayStation Remember, I'll watch Blu rays on it. And this is fine. I wasn't go. I wasn't one of those people that when Blu-ray versus high def DVD HD DVDs came out, I wasn't like, yeah, HD DVDs, laser discs, Betamax, like give me all of those. I was like, no, let's go with the Blu-ray. Um, so I had those and uh, you know, and that that was that was that point in my life. And um I'm trying to think where I want to go next because like that it, it's kind of just I think I just existed for a while. You know what you I just mean? Just kind
0: of like, like did your thing and
1: yeah, like after after that, like I I wasn't really I was with the the I was with the person I was with for like three years, so I like I wasn't really looking to date. Like I was just yeah. kind of like I was trying to just get reestablished and trying to I guess to a certain degree figure out like who i was as a person i guess like and why that had happened and you know doing uh, like your
0: own soul searching yeah just just happy being single and happy
1: trying to like just learn like get better at my job and learn that and just like you know um hit the gym more and just try to be more active and just try to start finding um you know derek mentioned it is in his podcast the other day that uh uh you know, you meet people through hobbies a lot. He meets a lot of people through hobbies. And and, right. and and it's the old old axiom that I think a lot of people realize as they get older where when you're in school, like when you're in high school or even elementary school or middle school, like you're kind of foisted upon people. So it's easy to make friends. And then when you're in college, there's like social groups and there's classes and there's group projects. And so, you're, again, still kind of easy to make. You're all in the same gener- geographic location mm-hmm. and you have all this time. So it's like really easy to make, make friends. But when you're an adult, man, it sucks. And like my... One of my friend groups was uh, like my college girlfriend and I, we had a group of friends. So when we broke up, I lost most of that friend. I lost most of those friends. And then I, like I said earlier, I went to the University of Akron and I made friends, but then I moved away. So I, I, I still was friends with them, but like, they're not around. Like I had to, I had to go And also, I I graduated undergrad from OSU. The friends I did keep, friends I didn't lose in the divorce, um, they all moved. Like, one of them went to go live in Michigan. One of them went to go live in um, Texas. One of them went to go live in D. Like, they moved around the country. So, like, I still had these friends, but they were long-distance friends now. So then, like I said, I go up to Akron. I make a whole bunch of friends, but then I leave them to come down to OSU. I finished out the last two years of law school at OSU. I had a couple of friends, but again, like I said, it was way more cutthroat. So it was, and they had already, after the first year had already kind of all created their cliques. So nobody was really looking to add me to their, their crew. So I, uh, didn't really have that. And then I had my, uh, uh, the girl I was just seeing that just dumped me and we had a set of friends and I lost a bunch of them in the divorce. So I'm in, late 2012. I am living by myself. I don't really have a lot of friends in Columbus. And it was kind of a lonely time. Um, And so I'm like working on what kind of things can I get into to maybe make some friends here and there. Um, And honestly, that's probably the time where I should have gotten back into comedy. Um, because I could have like gone up and I probably could have worked through some of my feelings and things like that, but I just didn't feel funny at all. And Mm. I just didn't want to. Um, and so I just didn't, I, I didn't get back into it at all. Um, it is, it is, it's, it's ironic though. I've, I, I like to say that I've never gotten out of comedy. Like I don't do it. But I do on my phone, I have a file. It's password protected because I don't ever want anybody to read all of the stuff that's in here. But uh, I'm I'm pulling it up just so I can kind of show our our leader here. I have one.
0: Our leader. (laughs) Yeah, I have a a
1: file. He can see it. Uh, It's labeled stand-up routine off to the Uh, side there.
0: Yep, yep. And
1: uh, it's, it's locked. And it has anytime I think of something funny, I write it. So I have...
0: So there's bits in there. So there's, there's bits. All bits. my
1: bits are are in there, and yeah. I'm scrolling They're it so that he can short see.
0: like one two liner. Yeah, bit. it's
1: just stuff to recall my. It's just stuff to like. It's a one or two. It's not written out. Yeah. Um, it's just one or two things that will jog my memory into the joke or into the bit that I right. want to do. Um, actually, it's interesting. It's a it's a, I picked up uh, I picked up this tactic on how to remember or how to write stuff out. Um, I used to be a terrible public speaker. I was I was terrible. I would be that kid with the note cards where I'd write everything on the note cards and I'd get up yep. there and I'd
0: shake you and it would read the note cards and then And if and you're if done. I
1: missed a word, like I'd have to completely redo it, you know what I mean? And so it was terrible. And when I was at OSU, um I was on the committee to welcome um one of the commencement speakers. And it was Bill Clinton, uh, former president at the time. And it was when um it was when Hillary was running for president the first time, not the not the most not recent, recent time. Yeah, yeah. it was the first time, and he was given the commencement address. So we welcomed him, and we got to talk to him, and just kind of chat with him a little bit. And he was exactly like you would picture him. He just was a bullshitter. He just would sit there and just talking about anything, talking about nothing, just hanging Political out, like as fuck.
0: just having
1: a, and just having a good time. Like it was, we were not having any real conversation, and it flew by, and it was just. I mean, he was. A, a charming man you know what I mean like uh just a very captivating individual but so he had his I'm gonna say Lucy. he had his speech that he was gonna give and like I saw it in his hand it was just a note card with four bullet points like each bullet had like two or three words tops He, when he gave his speeches and he went up and spoke for like 35 minutes or something like that, that day. But when he gives a speech, he would just write bullet points. He knew what he was going to say. He'd probably given that speech 10, 20, 30 times, um, you know, or talked about those points and he knew how to fill in the gaps. And so ever since I've picked up that mantra, I've been a much better public speaker because I'll just write little notes to myself. I don't try to read them. I don't try to like do word for word. I know what I want to say. And then I just I just kind of go from there. And so that works very well for me.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good tactic to pick up on. I think uh, I'm actually, I haven't done any sort of public speaking. This is the closest thing I've done to public speaking since college. But that is like, I, I was the same guy where I wrote yeah. literally everything on the note cards. I would go up. I would stare at the note cards. I'd look up two or three times yep. at random people. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I would say, um, a lot. Yep. And I wouldn't pause. I would just read everything super fast and then go back and sit down. And be like, that's it. Done.
1: Yep. Exactly. And, and you know that people are picking up on your nervousness and you know, people are picking up on like your stammering a little bit mm-hmm. and that makes it worse. Cause now you're in your head and you're doing yep. that. You know, when I was you're in... already
0: anxious and you're making yep. yourself even more anxious, which is making you more anxious.
1: Yes. And it just, it's a snowball. Yeah. And so I feel like once I picked up on that tactic, um, it helped out a lot. And, and and you know what's funny is I already kind of knew that because, like, when I was doing the comedy, when I did the comedy, even that first day with the napkin, I didn't write out my bit. I wrote out notes or things I wanted to talk about, and I did it. But for some reason, my brain didn't say you could use this in your life. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this isn't – you don't have to just do it here. For some reason, giving a presentation about the Battle of Waterloo was different than doing a bit about trying to catch a bus for me. Like, it was like, no, no, that has to be written down. Like, that has to have everything word for word.
0: Yeah. I I can totally understand that because I could, you know, I could live through the whole bus stop bit, right? Yeah. That's something simple. But the Battle of Waterloo, I know fuck all about. And And that's true, right? I'm already bullshitting my paper. I can't bullshit the speech, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what happened, and I'm just, you know, kind of copy paste, but not plagiarize. Like, all right, I read something, you rewrite it in your own words, right? And it, you just do it to get the grade.
1: That's true. I mean, absolutely. Is it's you're you're at that point just trying your best to talk about something that you are no expert in. Yeah. At all. You don't know. You're you were assigned it. It's not something you want to talk about. It's not something that if given the choice, you would, you know, just mention in casual conversation. And exactly. so you feel like you're a fraud. Right. And that's how I always feel anyway. Like when I'm talking about something that I'm not an expert in or something like when I was giving class like debates or class papers, I don't know anything about the civil war like i said i was terrible at memorizing all of these dates and things like that i have a great memory but like i have a great memory for stuff i need to know not like yeah. stuff i don't care about
0: or and random th- trivia
1: yes <laughs> and so for me it's i feel like when i go up and i'm trying to talk about the civil war i'm a fraud like you can get this anywhere else and it's going to be better than what i'm giving exactly. you like you don't want this for me i'm no expert on the civil war um, but something I am an expert on, I know, and that's the other key to giving a good presentation is when you walk up there, know that there's nobody that can ask you a question that you can't answer. Know that right. there's nobody that can trip you up. Um, you know, in my job, I do a lot of public speaking. Like I there are, um, I hate to say this out loud, but there are like videos of me on YouTube that are, my work does that are like me talking about various, uh, tax topics i do a lot of tax law so there's uh you know tax topics and things like that where you can see me giving presentations on all of that kind of stuff yeah and i know when i go in that nobody knows more about this than me and nobody can trip me up with a question and so i don't have any fear when i do a presentation like it's just not it's impossible and so that's very useful as well you know if you really are an expert on something then no your presentation, you. Yeah, your presentation should be easy. And and I've learned too, and this is something people don't realize, like, because there's always somebody in the audience that tries to throw you off your game when you're given a presentation. Either they do it on purpose or they or they just are an asshole. You never know which. But um one of the most powerful things you can say to somebody is, you know what, that's a great question. I don't know the answer, but I will try to look into that and get back to you. And that's acceptable. Like, you know, that's a perfectly fine. If you're giving a presentation in front of the board of directors or if you're even just talking to somebody like, you know, out on the street and they're asking you a question, you're like, you know what? I don't know, but I can get back to you on that. And it's super easy. And unless the person really is the worst, uh, it works every time.
0: Yeah. And you'll either get back to them and they care about it or they actually don't care. And by the time they left the room, from your speech, they don't—they don't even remember. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. Best case the, scenario, right best there. case, they forget that you even existed. Like, like they were... I don't
0: have to put an effort to figuring out the answer to this question.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, so after when well, I was trying to find myself, one thing I decided to do was uh, because I was had the, the adult job with the adult money, I decided to buy my first house, um, and. You you're a homeowner, you know, and you're a, you're a homeowner um by yourself. So you yeah. know how hard homeowner with somebody else is way easier than homeowning by yourself. Like I'm not even talking about the money. Like it's just like doing it's, stuff around it is Yeah, it's
0: so much easier to have another person.
1: Even if it's a roommate. But yeah, it's yeah. just cuz you know, you had roommates for a long time and it's just yeah. having another person to help you with stuff or having another person to just like chat with. It's just Mm -hmm. completely different dynamic um i was very cognizant of the fact that i moved in so i moved into a neighbor like a family neighborhood in hilliard like in my mind it was going to be the house that like i would meet somebody and i would start a family in you know so like i wanted to have that ready and the the market this is right after the housing crisis so like houses were dirt cheap and i could get them with like very little money down and the interest rates weren't terrible. They're were better they were better than they are right now, as a matter of fact. I saw the interest rates are up over five percent again. So um Yeah, you know.
0: It, um this was like the best time in recent history to buy a house is yes. when you bought one.
1: When I bought it the first time and actually when I bought it the second time because yeah. I bought one over the pandemic as well. But yeah, I, I I've apparently done pretty good in terms of picking when to buy houses. But uh but yeah, so I bought the house. But I was cognizant, I moved into this, it was in Hilliard Schools, which is a decent school district, so I was cognizant that uh, I was going to be the weird guy who lived by himself in um, this, like, family-oriented school district. So I wanted to kind of assail that and be like, look at me, normal person, you know? Yeah. But the, what I learned is the more you try to put off the I'm not a weird guy vibe in a neighborhood, the more you come off as the weird guy in the neighborhood kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm like, was like, okay, let's get candy. Let's pass it out for Halloween, you know? So I'm like in my garage by myself with a bowl of candy for the kids. And it's abundantly, and kids are coming to get it, but it's abundantly clear to me that like, I'm being too friendly (laughs) and I'm just sitting in an, in a somewhat dark garage by myself, handing out candy to kids in a family oriented, in a family oriented. Yes. And I had been there. I moved in, in like September, October. So I had been there for like a month. And so like, I hadn't gotten to know everybody and it was just very like, people were like, Oh, you're, you're new to the neighborhood. Aren't you? Yep, I am. And they were like, okay, well, what's your name? And, like, what do you do? And I felt like it was, like, 20 questions kind of thing. And then as more people would come up, they were asking me more questions. Yeah. and uh,
0: It's like, how can I figure out, as fast as possible, this guy is not a pedophile? Right,
1: exactly. And that's what it felt like. You know, one of the people from across the street was like, you know, well, my... Well, my ex-husband's a, a cop, and so you know if we sometimes'll he'll run license plates around here if, if need if need be to like check things. I'm like, I don't think he's allowed to do that, but okay, you know, that's good to know like we because it was one of those streets that's not a through street, so it's like, yeah, when cars are here that aren't supposed to be here we we check them out, you know or we when your car was new, we weren't sure you know who you were, so we we checked am like, okay, thanks. that's it's I very feel
0: close knit thing.
1: Yeah, I feel welcome. You know, thank you for that. Um, But it was just so it was so weird. And Again, it was another place that there were a lot of people that were really nice. And like the guy next the guy next to me also, he was a divorcee. He was he had a a daughter that he had part time, but he was also um, military. So he would leave for long periods of time. Like he would be like, Hey Matt, just so you know, uh, I'm not going to be around for the next six months. I'm going somewhere like I'm, I'm being sent somewhere. So, you know, if you wouldn't mind taking a look at the house and just making sure if anybody's going in, they're not supposed to be there. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool, man. Don't worry about it. But like, he was cool, but, And, and then my other neighbors were nice enough. Like they could tell that like I wasn't a threat and they had like three kids and you know, they were like, Oh, he's just this nice guy who lives next door. But um uh one of my favorite stories was uh it was I don't know I'd been maybe there 2 or 3 months and the lady next door was like uh so are you are you single? And I was like yeah I said the ladies don't really go for the early 30 year olds who drive a Camry and have a f- fully funded 401k as much as I would have hoped. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me like I don't know what's and I was like oh that was a That was a joke at my expense, but it's also true. And she's like, "Oh, okay."
0: Um, Just way over her head. She
1: didn't. I. I don't think she wanted to. Like, I think she was afraid that if she stayed too long, I was gonna like. She was gonna have to peel back the onion, or I was gonna be like, "Yeah, you know, it's just." Ever since so and so left, like I was like, "I'm not gonna share." Like, you don't. You don't need to know those personal details. Um, I really like. I really like homeownership. Like, I will say that. Um. It, 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 you do feel like you have like a castle, you know what I mean? Like, this is mine, yeah. Um, this
0: is my spot to live, my, and it's mine,
1: uh, yeah. My, uh, I had a it was a bi level, so you, you had to go up a set of stairs to like get in, and then the first floor, once you went up, like was my living room and my kitchen, and the kitchen windows were like right next to where the front door was, you know what I mean? So, I. It, it led me to a lot of, one thing I didn't like about homeownership, and this is what kind of led me where I'm going to go next, is um, there's not as much solicitation done when you're in apartments. You know what I mean? Like, not the yeah. door-to-door type of stuff. But, like, once you get a house, man, they want to sell you everything. Like, there's so many people. I, I could not believe, this is like 2012, 2013. I could not believe the number of people that wanted to sell me a home phone.
0: <laughs> really? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, um, like AT&T spectrum now or whatever, but it, 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 no, it was time Warner time Warner yeah. shows up. That's what it was. Time Warner and They knock on my door. And uh, I was still young and naive and thought that because someone knocked at my door, I had to answer. So I would answer the door. I like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like, Oh, hi, you know, we're. With, uh, uh, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? Great. Yeah. Well, I'm with, I'm Jason with Time Warner Cable and we're running a special, you know, can we, so can I ask you, you know, what kind of shows do you like to watch? It's like, oh, that's a personal question. Weird. Yeah. You know, well, we just want to make sure we're getting the right cable package for you. And what do you like to do on the internet? Like, you know, it's like, well, I, you know, I don't know. Like, what do you like to do on the internet? Like, leave me alone. Like, we're just trying to make sure we know the right internet speed for you. And, so they're like telling me all this stuff and I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm with, um, I'm with wow. And wow gave me a nice little introductory rate. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing well with that. Thank you. And I have all the channels I need and I have as much internet as I need. And they're, well, okay, that's great. But we, you know, we at spectrum, you know, we, we can pretty much beat wow's price every time. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I was like, what uh, what price can you quote me? And they, so they asked me those questions again, and I give them, okay, here's one of the channels I need, and here's the internet speed I currently have. They're like, well, based on what you're saying, we could get you in at like $115. How does that sound? I'm like, it sounds like $30 more a month than what Wow's charging me right <laughs> now. And the guy was like, oh. Well, and I i know I'm doing a voice, but this is really how he sounded. He was, like, you know, real, like, enthusiastic. And he's like, well, what do I need to do to get you to sign up with Time Warner today? I'm like, charge me less than $30. Then charge me $30, at least $30 less than what you're you're proposing right now. And then he's like, well, if you want, we could bundle a home phone line. And if we bundle that home phone line... We can charge you, and it was like, for $20 more than what WoW's charging you, but $10 less than what I'm currently pitching, we could have you with a home phone. And I'm like, I don't need a home phone. Like, nobody (laughs) needs a home phone. Like, I don't understand why you... If I wanted a home phone, I'd already have a home phone. And then he was he was insistent. I was like, sir, I've given you enough of my time. I'm done. And then from that day forward, I learned that I don't have to answer my door ever again. Like that's the best, that's the castle part of this. The best part about owning my home is that if I'm in there and there's a knock and I'm not expecting anybody, you just don't go to the door. It's great. This actually played out. I I mentioned earlier that my kitchen windows were right next to the front door. So I'm in my kitchen, I'm making dinner and somebody comes, some solicitor comes and they knock on my door and I see him out my window, but I'm, making dinner and i don't want to talk to them so i don't do anything so i'm just making my food and all of a sudden they look through the window and they see me and they're like sir 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 do you have a minute to i don't remember what it was do you have a minute to talk about like your long distance provider or some bullshit and i just looked at them and i'm like i'm in my house i'm under no obligation to speak to you and i just shut the window
0: (laughs) that's awesome that is fantastic
1: and, and that was that was like the most empowering thing about homeownership was that I didn't have to speak to these people. Um, sometimes yeah. I would, though, sometimes if they were, you know, particularly chipper or whatever, I would I would inter- I'd entertain myself by by having a chat with them, you know, because I'm always looking for a deal. So when they told like, I, you don't you would not believe the number of people who told me that they could beat my current price. They could always, they could just beat my current price. I'm like, let's do it. You beat that price, I'm going to go for it. So they would run me through the spiel, and sure enough, they couldn't beat the price on whatever, auto insurance, cable, internet, whatever they were trying to sell. I had one person actually say to me, they had the gall to say, well, can I see a copy of your bill? I don't believe that it's cheaper. I'm like, this conversation is over. No, you cannot see a copy of my cable bill to prove why would I lie to you about this? Like, yeah. what's my incentive? Get out of here.
0: Um, I, I So I have a couple of fun stories on yeah. these. I, I love these stories, by the way. These are so fun, just talking to people and how they get, like, solicited or the scam calls. It's always fun to hear how people mess with them.
1: Yeah, I should get, like, a sign that says no soliciting or... Like, you know, just that would, like, but then I, I feel like that's my transformation into being the oldest person. Like earlier when we talked about being the grumpy old man, I feel like getting the, that's
0: another, that's another level.
1: Yeah. The no soliciting sign, you know, having the, the voicemail, like my grandfather, God love him. He used to, his, his answering machine was, hello, you've reached this number. We are not available to take your call. We do not respond to telemarketing or solicitation of any kind. If you are not part of any of that nonsense and have a valid purpose for leaving a message, you may do so now.
0: Your grandpa was a genius. My
1: grandpa was was the no nonsense man to end all. No nonsense. I love it. So you were going to tell some, you were going to tell some stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, when, when I was in the a similar stage of my life, um, pre home ownership, I I actually had a nice car that I got a very solid below one percent interest rate on. Ooh, hello. Yeah, and um, it was it was like point eight or point nine, like it was nothing. It was nothing.
1: And ladies out there, just so you know, Cameron, unlike me, is single and apparently <laughs> has great credit and a homeowner. So if anybody's looking, right. um, you just go ahead and hit that. Go in the comments section there.
0: Um. Anyway, back when like.
1: See, I love that because I caught you off guard with that comment. You did like, I just you completely did. threw it? Yeah, and that's.
0: I'm trying to tell a story, and you caught me off guard. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You have like a 0.9% you have a, yeah, you have an over 750 credit score. We know we got it. Who's swoon. I'm I'm cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, So, so when, you know, like bigger conferences were a thing before all this pandemic stuff, there would be like auto loan people at these conferences trying to sell you these new auto loans that are going to be a lower interest rate than yours. And so I would go up to them. I'd be like, all right. I got this car, I need an auto loan. And like, I wouldn't even need to go up, you know, how hard pitch they, or hard, yeah, they're hard pitches for these sales. So, you know, they'd catch me or I'd walk up to them, whatever. And I would have them go through the whole spiel, everything. We would go through the whole, you know, quote and all of that. And they would get me that exact percent interest rate number. And I'd be there for five to 10 minutes and I'd be like, well, you know, I was hoping for lower than like 0.9% because that's what I'm at. And they would just look at me like I have three heads. (laughs) 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 And that, that look right there is what made it all worth it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and it's just, you know, to a certain degree, I I don't, I don't mean to waste their time because like they're just doing a job. But at the same time.
0: It's hard it's a sleazy job. Yeah. But like, you know, it's unfortunate that they get caught up in it. But like, for my entertainment, you're gonna be here and live through this.
1: And and part of it is their job, right? Like part of it is to talk to me and and you know, you can go into it earnestly. Like I always when the people would come to my door, I always earnestly was like, if you can beat my current price, I would be happy to switch. I yep. have no brand loyalty. To a cable provider or to an insurance company or to a cellular phone company, anything like that. If you can offer me a comparable service at a same at a better price, it has to be better. I'm not going to switch to be at the same amount. Right. Um, I'll do it. And for some reason, these salesmen never started with the most operative question, which is what do you pay right now? Because that's where they should have started, right? That, like, get it, in the,
0: that yeah. could end the conversation. They could be on to a new pitch Same, immediately. In
1: your scenario, if you went up to them and were like, yeah, I'm interested in a new auto loan. If the first question they said is, well, what's your current interest rate? And you said 0. 0.9. They could say, ooh, I'm going to tell you right now. We can try this, but we're probably not going to be able to beat that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and
0: they are on to the next sales pitch versus sitting through me trolling them for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, but I think that to a certain degree they build in the trolling. Like they yeah. want the fact that they don't ask the question first tells me that they want the trolling or that they're yeah. okay with the trolling or that the trolling is part of their business model. Um recently attended a a timeshare pitch?
0: Oh. So I I want to do that just so I can get the free vacation. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: what that's what um uh, that's what Sarah and I did. Um we Went down to Florida, and um, normally when we go down to Florida, we stay with her folks. Um, yeah. And we did this time as well, but we decided that we would do, like, uh, we were there for, like, uh, 10 days, and three of it we decided we would do a long weekend at, like, a Hilton Resorts kind of a thing, you know, with, like, the cascading waterfall pools and, like, all of the nice amenities and, you know, massages and stuff like that. And so, right. um But we, we ain't fancy, so we decided we would do it based on a, you know – time you know the pitch us to have a place to call our own at the Hilton Gardens type of a thing and you know we had endure like a 4 hour you know pitch on all the things that they have to offer but what was funny about it um it was it was mostly harmless right you know they find right. a really energetic guy to get us started they pump us full of like carb like banana nut muffins and other carbonate uh, uh high carb breakfast items and then yeah. We get a high-energy guy to, like, tell us all the great things and how he wasn't even sold himself until one day he started looking into the benefits. And now he and his wife go everywhere. And there's pictures of them, like, you know, in Alaska. And there's pictures of them in, like, the sedan. And just they're just all over the place. But then we get down to brass tacks. We're sitting at a desk with... You know, a young, uh, middle-aged woman who is basically, what do I got to do to get you in a timeshare today type <laughs> of a thing? Um, but what's what's amazing about it is, like, just how much they won't take no for an answer and how much they direct the narrative. Like, I started with, listen, I'd be more than happy to buy a timeshare if you can answer these three questions for me. You know, one of which is, how much is this going to cost me? What am I going to get? And what are my, you know, ownership rights? And what are my, like, monthly fees? And, like, she's like, well, we'll answer all of those. But she's like, with respect to cost, let's put cost aside for a minute. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Cost is paramount. Like, why would we put the one thing I care about aside for a minute? That'd be like if I were to, be like, to say to you, like, hey, um, you know, if you could have one thing in the world, what would it be? And you're like, "Well, I guess I'm going to say oxygen because I need it to breathe." I'm like, "Well, putting oxygen aside for a minute. Like, let's yeah. let's not worry about this thing that you absolutely do need. Like, what what would you want?" Well, I guess then I I'd, I'd probably want gravity so I didn't float away. It's like, "Okay, well you just suffocated because you don't have any oxygen." You're like, "But you just you just told me to put this." <laughs> you just, this. yeah. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> What happened? so i i just think that they're they're again it's the same situation where like if they really want to sell you and they don't want to waste time because then they make you feel like that was the thing about the timeshare pitch that's something to watch for at the end of it they're gonna be like well you know i did just sit here with you for four hours and you're not gonna buy anything and it's like that's on you that's on you I didn't want to sit here for four hours I would have been fine to leave like
0: you I made thought me. this was gonna be 15 minutes yeah, you, you made it four yeah, hours. You,
1: this is you this is you doing that like I wanted to go um, I, you think I'm excited about this like I'm not even, you're paid to be here I'm not even paid to be here you had yeah. a little less to be here because you didn't get a commission on me but you know I don't know and then then when she can't close the deal she's like okay well just Let us, uh, you know, let me, we'll, we'll get you out of here real quick. And then the manager. So I hear you guys are, uh, interested in buying. We are not, we told her we were not. Oh, I'm sorry. That must be another table. But while I'm here, let's just, why aren't you interested in buying? That's literally how it's just so ridiculous. Like it's the most transparent thing. And sure enough, I'm sitting there and a few times you hear a bell ring. And that means somebody got a timeshare. Oh no. I wonder though whether or not anybody actually got a timeshare, whether they just ring the bell from time to time to kind of like build up like the yeah. you oh, know like
0: the fomo right. building up the fomo
1: right. It's like when you're watching TV and you see a commercial for like electric scissors, And it's like, but you got to order now because supplies are limited. And you're like, oh fuck, I gotta get this. You're like shaking as you try to dial up because you know that like, there all of a sudden all the electric scissors might be gone if you don't get there in the next 15 minutes or something, or you're not gonna get that second pair of electric scissors um, if you don't call. You know, because like, did I get in the last 15 minutes? As a kid, I used to think that was real. Like, I used to think you really did have to call within the next 10 minutes, and like there was somebody. It's 2 a.m., but there's somebody mm-hmm. that knows like, that that commercial just ran and that you only have 10 minutes to get it.
0: Yeah. So I'm amazed that the used car salesman is still the stereotype for sleazy. Yeah. When we all know, or if you don't know, now you know, the the sleazy timeshare sales pitch. Yeah. Because it's it's worse than the used car.
1: At least. So here's the thing. At least when you're done with the used car salesman, you leave with a car. Yeah. Man, when you're done with the timeshare salesman, you have a terrible investment at a high interest rate and high fees, and you don't even own anything. Yeah. Because you're restricted on when you could use it. At least with the used car, you have a probably a shitty used car at a high interest rate with high fees but you're still driving around
0: you're still able to get somewhere yeah, yeah
1: you can't we walked away with something that is a way better deal than yeah. the timeshare person by far yeah no i don't get it um speaking of uh infomercials <laughs> um this is an embarrassing story about myself um you know i i give a lot of i cameron you know with our friends and stuff i've known as somebody that they kind of gives a lot of shit here and there, you know, making jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, I make jokes about myself too. Cause, and I've done that a few times here. If you today, can't but...
0: do it about yourself, you oh. shouldn't do it at all.
1: And if you can't take it about yourself, you shouldn't do it at all. I agree. Um, this is, uh, about three years ago, four years ago, I'm watching TV in the morning. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where night before I watched a game And so now it's on Saturday night. And so now it's Sunday morning. And so I turn on the TV and it's on that channel Mm -hmm. and it's too early on a Sunday. So it's, it's paid programming, you know? Right. But but here's the thing I'm watching and I see Emeril Lagasse. And like when I was growing up, he was like the first celebrity chef, you know, bam. And he's doing all that. And I see him cooking and he's making stuff. And, and I'm thinking he's on some, like, Sunday morning talk show, you know, and he's, like, doing a new book tour. But I'm, like, he's an entertaining guy, and I like to cook, so I'm watching him cook. And I'm, like, man, yeah, this is really cool. And Like, that food looks really good. How do I make it? And then all of a sudden, I realize I'm watching an infomercial for the Emerald Lagasse 360 air fryer. <laughs> And I was like, I'm um I'm, I'm watching it and I was like, wait a minute, he's not doing recipes at all. Like this is just him hawking this Emerald 360 air fryer. Yeah. But here's the problem. I'm totally into it.
0: <laughs> I'm totally into it.
1: I'm like, I'm watching it. You're I'm sold. Like, I'm sold. So I tell Sarah, I'm like, hey, I was like, so I was I was watching this cooking show that turned out to be an infomercial, <laughs> but I feel like we need one of these. And she was like, she's like, are you kidding me right now? She's like, why do we need it? And I was like, just here, just sit down on the couch with me and watch this for a while. So she's watching it. And then she's like, oh, that would be pretty nice. And so we're like, no, 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 we're not going to buy it on TV. We're not those people. We're not the people that call up and order something off TV. So instead we go online, and we go to
0: go to Amazon. We go to Amazon.
1: <laughs> we go to we go to Amazon and it's on Amazon and it's cheaper than it is on the TV. But then I was like, "You know what? I think I got 30% off at Kohl's cuz again, you always have at least 20% off at Kohl's and sure enough they sell it at Kohl's. We picked it up that day. We still have it. Um, love the product, by the way, the Emerald 360 Air Fryer. highly recommend um, not sponsored. Not sponsored, not sponsored. No, not sponsored content at all. I do not get a kickback for that, although I should I wish I was right. Um, that'd be great. I probably should. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's the time I fell for an infomercial. Um,
0: you know, when when you started that story as here's an embarrassing story about an infomercial, I actually was thinking to myself, when is paid programming gonna like just not be on Mm. the air anymore? Because, like, who watches it? And then halfway through that story, I was like, oh fuck, it still works. It works. (laughs) Yeah. it, 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 It got you.
1: It got me. It got it. You know what though? It's like, it's one of those things. I mean, I don't inherently dislike advertising. I mean, the point of advertising is supposed to be to tell me about something that they think that I want or need that I don't know that I want or need. And that's what it was, right? It was, I you know, this is, we had an air fryer, but our air fryer was like one of those ones with like the big basket on the bottom. So like when yeah. you put your stuff in, it all sits on top of each other. And so we were like, if I wanted to make chick, I love, I have a great fried chicken recipe. Some people have called it restaurant quality. And so I love to make fried chicken. Um, and but like i'd have to do it in like 8 batches because i could only put like 2 or 3 pieces in at a time you know what i mean because the basket wasn't big enough and the one we bought has like multiple trays so you can have 3 different levels of fried chicken cooking so i can do the whole batch in one fancy it is fancy but like that was literally like i had been looking for something that would allow me to do that and boom tv infomercial paid programming um paid prog is what my family calls it because we used to have the uh the guide mm-hmm. and like the guide always clipped it to just say paid prog so we've always called it paid prog <laughs> I like that Yep so paid prog and emerald Lagasse of all fucking people shows up just bam bam by the 360 um yeah it was uh it was <laughs> <laughs> Did not expect to talk about the Emerald 360 today. Uh, just don't don't know what I don't know where this went off the rails. I think it's when you said I'm joined by my buddy Matt. Uh, uh, I would say so. Thereabouts, but yeah. uh but we're we're real close.
0: So it, it probably went off the rails about 20 seconds in.
1: Yeah, there. It was yeah. not. It was not less than that for yeah. sure. Uh, it was not more than that either. It was yeah. right around that 20 second mark. We'll have to check the. We need like. Uh, instant replay you know we need the old uh like the nfl refs to show up and take go back to the thing rewatch, and be like yep there's where it is there it is right there um man i don't even know where to go back to at this point Um, so
0: actually i was just about to say we're at uh Two hours and twenty. Oh, so if you want to pause it here, I know there's more about your life that we can talk about. Oh
1: yeah, um, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. We'll conclude, but uh, hopefully, um, this does well enough that you can have me back for another time, and we'll. Well, uh, we
0: already know that the ratings are down. Once this episode comes out. Yeah, I mean,
1: well, I just hope this one doesn't shudder you, is all I'm going to say. Yeah. I hope Hopefully I... I don't get canceled from this one. Right, Talk yeah. Talking about um,
0: trolling salesmen and all that trolling stuff.
1: Trolling salesmen, and I, I uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I don't even know everything I said here today, so we'll have to figure <laughs> that out at some point. But uh, thanks for having me on, and um, like I said, happy to come back sometime and can keep going.
0: Yeah, love it. Uh, thanks for coming out, um, as, as you know, as a, a listener. Of the show, I I like to have every guest uh, leave a piece of advice of what they said, uh, what you want to live on. So uh, yeah, let's let's answer that question real quick.
1: Oh, you know what's funny? Like the one thing, I I feel like I've given a ton of advice throughout, and I should have saved some like <laughs> nuggets uh, here and there, and I should have prepared for this one better. You can
0: you can reiterate.
1: No, no, no. I I think um. I have I a, a I don't believe in all of those uh, you know like live, laugh, love, like commercial art, like bullshit. We can talk about that another time, but uh, oh, yeah. but I do have one thing. It's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote um, okay. and it uh, we have it up in our house and it uh, it's be silly, be honest, be kind. And I think that that uh, you know obviously, I think humor is very important. So I think that the silliness factor, I think making people laugh and making people happy is, is important. Um I think being honest is is one of the most important qualities you can find in a person. And then I think actually the most important that you can you can is to be kind to people and and I think that right now, not to be political, but in the country we have a lot of people that um, would benefit from being a little more silly, being a little more honest and, and being a little more kind. And so I think that's that's what I'd like to end on here today.
0: I love it. That's great. It's yeah, it's a little live, laugh, lovey, but like it's an Emerson quote, so it actually is applicable.
1: Well, it's not lost. I don't know if it's lost on everybody, but it's not lost on me that you know you're you're fatal to prejudice. The title of this is a uh, ripped off from a Mark Twain quote, as a matter yeah. of fact, and and I think that was mentioned in your opener. But uh, yes,
0: it's mentioned in the pilot. Yes,
1: um, but uh, if if you if you're not an avid follower, if you're new yeah. to it and you don't know, um, it's part of a Mark Twain quote, and so yeah. I.
0: The I can, pilot is in uh, a hot seller yeah. uh, on the downloads page. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah. so, you know, so I, I see your Twain quote with an Emerson quote.
0: I like it. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Uh, let's come back for round yeah. two and chat more nonsense and just yeah. keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming out.
1: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fatal to Prejudice. If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest, please visit my website at CameronChats.com and fill out the contact me form. Please fill out the subject line as podcast interview and write me a small blurb on why you or someone you know should be a guest. I'll leave a link in the description for ease of access. You can support this podcast by listening to it on your favorite podcasting site. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Another way to support is by becoming a Patreon patreon.com forward slash fatal to prejudice patreon is the only monetary support system if you would like to sign up and support through there i am forever grateful for you again thank you for tuning in